previously on the bottom rack. The Transmorphers less than meets the eye. I just don't know what I watched. Let's start. All right. Give us the give us the plot rundown. One, I don't care who does. What the hell is the plot other than the little synopsis that we got? Because there was like four different movies happening with this thing. Though, <laughs> so, Paul, you sound like you're pissed. I'm. This is oh, this is my he's, serious he's voice. Being serious. I, I, I get you. I, you know. Well, do, do you want me to be like like wacky and, no. and stuff like that? You guys are <laughs> you guys are covering that right now, so I don't need to be I'm not zany saying. and wacky no. about a film that not that necessarily, you know, uh, like you guys know how much I don't like asylum films. We're not rambling this time. Nope. <laughs> This is the film. This is what you get. This is what I'm asking for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Penis, Daniel. Damn, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I wanted to catch you talking about your toenail or whatever, but uh, 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 <laughs> no big my, deal. My, my ugly toenail. No big deal at all. Well, you sound awful chipper, so I guess you forgive us for making you watch the first Transmorphers. Oh, no, I... I had no problems. I, I'm just actually <laughs> trying to. Uh, I'm trying to get my own voice because it, it, you, you guys had a lot of energy, and you guys keep ramping up your energy on every every podcast. So what I wanted to do was like, okay, I need I need to not be not be the psycho insane Asian dude, <laughs> and I, I could just be the laid back and and okay, yeah, this is this is. This is my critic bow tie, and I get to <laughs> I get to analyze the film the way that I would normally write a review. You said anal. I did. I did. No, I like this is nothing serious. I, I'm pretty sure I have hammered that home every time I've talked about that. I am in no way like I saved that for like the night keep. Like mm. I saved that for like my Halloween out, my pretension being all stuffy and serious. Yeah, this is just fun. Mm-hmm. It's called the bottom rack. I mean, for crying out loud, <laughs> we know what it is. You just be you. If you want to be serious, be serious. If you hate the movie, hate it. <laughs> well, that's that's just it. I mean, that normally the real me is more like what you you heard last time. Oh. It's it's when I when I te- like my my film jerks. Um, that guy. Mm-hmm. He is actually a little bit more of an exaggeration of who I am. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm I'm not usually like, hey, <laughs> what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? <laughs> Whereas me, I'm just balls out all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yes. <laughs> That's, for whatever reason, I don't know if y'all ever played that game Whacked on the Xbox. I freaking love that game. But I forget his name, but the host on that. Um, it was it's a game show. It yeah, plays the- like fusion. I'm sorry, do what? What was the name of the show you said? It's a game on the Xbox. It's called oh. Whacked. And <laughs> every character, yeah, it sounds stupid. And when you first play it, you think, wow, this is stupid. But it is 
a perfect, I don't know, not like an evolution. It, you can tell it was programmed by people who grew up watching Ren and Stimpy and Rocco and just that. I'm try, trying to explain it that uh, crazy post Looney Tunes. Yeah, just that crazy post Looney Tunes, MTV, Ren and Stimpy type humor. But done in the early Xbox, the early aughts age. And so the CGI is atrocious. But anyway, just the humor is so funny. It's a game show. And the host, anyway, he's like, <laughs> we have quite an incredible show for you today. And it just, the rapid fire puns, jokes, and humor is just, whenever you laugh like that, that's all I thought of. It's like, okay, and welcome back to Film Jerks. We have a double cinema dip, triple lap dance of fun for you this evening. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Angel? Hi, Mark. Mark's here. Where's Hello. Mark? Oh shit! Here's He's Mark. Right there. Right where? <laughs> I don't see him. That asshole is here. <laughs> Mark is not an asshole. No, he is not. I, I do have one though. Well, yeah, that's we, a good thing because otherwise, shit comes out of people's mouths if they don't have assholes. You end up being well, like shit, a, shit, shit still comes out of people's mouths when that's they have assholes. That's very true. That is very true, but. Again, making me think of a cartoon is think about Travis from the Cosmos. Remember Aqua Teen? Oh yeah. <laughs> he starts to <laughs> squirt and urine. Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> so has everybody Boy, got their we, coffee? Uh, Do what? I've had about I've had about five cups. Yeah. I can taste sound. <laughs> <laughs> Five what does the color blue taste like? Bobo knows. <laughs> I've had must, two pots must, and two cups. I must nice. speak with the dolphins now. <laughs> well, I mean, I say cup of coffee. My my at-home mug is like a vat, so I've probably <laughs> had the equivalent of about two pots. Damn, <laughs> so. guys. Oh, yeah. I don't drink coffee, so. Oh, listen, what is this, some kind of motivational Zen thing or just too good no. for it? Or? I've uh, given apparently. up alcohol. I've got to take on something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I didn't drink coffee up until about seven years ago. Wow. What, what changed? What caused you to? I'm cheap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I, worked at Land's, I worked at Land's End for 13 years. Uh, as a second job, uh, answering their phones for their catalog orders. Anyway, my last two years in there, I was looking at cutting back on soda because I would always bring in one of the buck because it was a buck leader, you know, the uh, Mountain Dew. The oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The missile. yeah boy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the missile. Well, it is. It's a rocket. It's huge. <laughs> Blast off the flavor. Damn straight. Anyway, <laughs> so I used to drink that a lot, and so I wanted to cut back. Well, they offered coffee for free at Land's End. So I slowly, one small cup at a time, and then it came to two small cups. I drank that because one, it was less in calories, and two, it was free. Hmm? So, <laughs> wow. And you got addicted. And then, and then I found out I, I developed a taste for coffee, and my wife was happy about that because, yeah, because she was about the only coffee drinker in the house. And then, yeah, and now I'm a full fledged like 
go to the coffee, you know, we've got a place called the tech lounge, which is a gaming place where people can come if you don't have a PS4 like myself or whatever, and you can go and you can game for like three bucks an hour. And they also are a coffee shop, though. That's brilliant. So they have uh, nice. I wanted to open a place like that. I, think I thought about it, too. Hell. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. They've been open for over 10 years. They're one of the small businesses that have been successful consistently. That is brilliant. Yeah, I yeah. thought about it. I'd like to do some of the leg course around here. I mean, I don't know why a couple of others have actually tried it, but for the most part, like high speed's pretty accessible where mm-hmm. I'm at. So there's really, it's accessible and well, it's see, my affordable. thing is I'd open one that has like, you know, tabletop weekends, you know, host magic tournaments. Oh, yeah. See, stuff, that's you know. what my yeah. other angle was to do that too. They yeah. just they just don't have the room for it, but I could see them doing it if they had the room. Um, but they're mostly video game and they're yeah coffee shop. And then they started um, de- working with the local downtown like bakery or whatnot. And uh, so they bring in like bars and stuff that they make, and they sell those. And then they got bars. snacks and s- they got s- s- you know like chocolate bars and that. And then. Um, then they sell snacks and stuff, and then they have sodas too. Like, not like your uh, regular sodas, but like uh, they've got balls, they've got energy drinks, they got, um, they've got like the sugar sodas, the ones that are made from cane sugar, like the Joneses sodas of different nice. flavors. Mexican yeah, it's a great. All that. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they don't have they don't have any uh, like name brand sodas, or they have like the uh, kind of independent bottler sodas there and uh point sodas because the point brewery here that does beer in stevens point also does soda so their root beer is delicious cool and and they let us rent out their tech lounge every year for trivia so that's our headquarters oh okay so that's that place i've seen pictures like the pictures Mm -hmm. you put on facebook and stuff yep that's that place so during trivia that weekend they allow us for the last like four years now since uh our captain had passed away suddenly and and we didn't have her house to be at anymore um yeah the tech lounge allows us to rent it out for the weekend and they love it because they don't have to work a weekend they still still get money for about the same amount that they would probably make during that weekend and we get a fantastic location so that's awesome See, that's what I'm looking for. Places like I wish I'd have had something like that when I was in my late teenage years. Something oh, to yeah. do to hang out that I enjoy doing. So yeah, video game lounge. Place. I would have been there all the time if I had that when I was a kid. Shit. Tell me about it. You know, we had like I said, it was a I've said before. You know, the arcade, but around you know my late teenagers, it was in full swing. But man, if I'd have had a place to play D and D and stuff as well, shoot, yeah, like <laughs> just going to get my nerd on. Right now, I, hell, I wish we had a place like that. Now we've got one in in Columbia, where I'm at on the river. It, it takes me about 45 minutes to get to Columbia. Mm, I mean, yeah. that's it's fine and all, but it's still that's a drive. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those you know need to go with a purpose. Yeah. Whereas normally, you know, I could be at a Domino's in five minutes, or I could be at Walmart in eight minutes. So there's really no need for me to leave home. It takes me 45 minutes to get to Walmart. <laughs> oh, geez. yeah. It this- takes me in Stevens Point, even though we're a city of almost 25,000 people, it takes me about five minutes to get wherever I want to go. 
I live two minutes away from both movie theaters and five, like seven, well, excuse me, seven minutes away from Walmart and about three minutes away from downtown. Yeah. Wow. Yes. We're, we're, yeah. we're a huge, we're a big city of 25,000 people, but this place acts like one of those run one road small towns. It's great. And that's, it. that's what my town Aiken, that's the problem. I say a problem is there's a lot of problems about it, but that, one thing about it, it's a retirement community. So there's yep. nothing for people like me to do ever, unless you like horse shit and golf. That's <laughs> it. And he used only, to be pretty badass, though. I mean, the Hells Angels used to have a, a headquarters in Aiken. I guess, but I mean, again, I'm <laughs> I'm a kid. I can, you know, I don't care. So I, <laughs> I just, there's a lot of shit to do, just nothing fun, nothing for a nerd. I guess that's the best way to put it. Right. That, and then the only way to get anywhere in this town, all the major thoroughfares are two lane roads. So we have an incredibly huge population. So to get anywhere, it's going to take you a while, especially if you get behind an old person. Which, yeah. since this is a retirement community. You're going to get behind an old person. <laughs> Dude, we know that in Wisconsin, two-lane highways, and the tractor gets in front of you. Jesus, tell me about it. Oh, yeah, You're... the Charleston Highway is a two-lane goddamn... Well, excuse me. Let's not start off on that. But it's a two-lane highway from Aiken to God knows where. So if you, it's a two-lane highway with nary a dotted line for quite some time. <laughs> so if you if you're like self-conscious and try to obey the law you're really going to test your faith and you're uh, <laughs> going to test your christianity when you get stuck behind one of them tractors or an old person or an old person driving a tractor <laughs> behind a minivan with an old person yeah it's rough <laughs>
Anyway, this is it. Are y'all ready for this? Yes. Let's do this. Yes. Groovy. All right. So this is the final ep- <clears throat> the final episode of our mockbuster spectacular bottom rack limited engagement whatever the hell else i've been calling this this is it it all comes down to this it's over deep six it's over pal pick and turn us with the step ladder to borrow the quote from mr warrell himself it's over pal el nacho grande this is the final episode for the bottom rack mockbuster special reach for the bottom we have we have reached for the bottom we have climbed to the top and this is it it comes to this transmorphers the fall of man i am daniel and this is the bottom rack bottom shelf entertainment for your top shelf lifestyle of course you could call me daniel if you prefer there's a nice funny little story about that that i'll get into later with me of course are the uh they have been sort of like our justice league of Avengers, if we even wanted to go with like a mockbuster title, and of <laughs> a vengeful Justice League, if you will. <laughs> to my right, I have Angelique Bone. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I, I'm here. I'm actually kind of <laughs> giddy because this is a pretty decent flick. Yep. <laughs> to the right of Angelique, we have Mark the Movie Man. Mark, how are you? I'm good, though, Angelique. You promised boob, and there wasn't. Really, boob. Yes, there is. There's a full <laughs> shot of it. You got to have the eyes for it, Mark. Apparently so. I in the it was the lighting was a little dark. So, I, well, okay, you're right. There will there was very briefly though. I I don't know if that counts because the, there's like a second. It's time it's limit. on yeah, screen. It second. counts. Doesn't matter. I guess if it's we'll, by we'll, an inch we'll, or a mile. Yeah. Winning is winning. <laughs> <laughs> boob is boob. That's it. Okay. A nipple is a nipple. A when nipple. you go from your family, you also look at the nipple. Anyway, next to Mark, Mr. Paul, how are you? I'm doing much better than last week. It's it's a little bit cooler. It's it's not as hot. Very true. Very true. Of course, we got us a we got us a hot one coming next week. But that's the uh. perils of living in South Carolina. I know <laughs> you could tell the Southerners <laughs> in this cadre of uh, comic book heroes that we have here. You can tell who lives south of the Mason Dixon because yeah, next week is supposed to get hot as hell. Speaking of hot as hell, we got another asylum flick that we're watching. This is the sequel to Transmorphers, the infamous Transmorphers. I forget when the hell that first one came out. Was it 2007? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. 2007, we have Transmorphers, which, I mean, it just, you really don't, what's cool about the that, and it's so infamous, is that you just say that title, and generally most people know what you're talking about, because they too have seen it, be like, oh god, I remember, I never watched that, I mean, yeah, well we did, save yourself, well, I'm not going to say not to watch it, there, you could maybe find something, <laughs> <laughs> however, in 2009, there was a sequel, that I honestly didn't know about until I was piecing together this little playlist for the uh, the Mockbuster Summer here. I never knew there was a sequel to this thing. And this is Transmorphers colon Fall of Man. This is a Mockbuster supposedly about the, what was the Revenge of the Fallen Transformers flick? Yeah. The, the Michael mm-hmm. Bay Transformers flick, which I still say. I quite honestly say that's probably the strongest of the Bayformer series. I'd have to still give the award to the first one. Just a brief tangent here, just because I told you I will defend those movies. But 
that first one was still standalone was the best, but as far as like action-packed popcorn thriller, nice score, excellent set pieces, and just downright damn gritty, that was probably the biggest of the th- of the series was Revenge of the Fallen. This movie, Transmorphers Fall of Man, I kind of say has been a nice improvement. So let me just go ahead and uh, <clears throat> go around here. Well, actually, before I do, I want to give you a synopsis. Because let's see what IMDb's synopsis is. If anybody has a better one, you can chime in. But the one on IMDb, in this present-day prequel, the robot invaders attack the Earth, forcing a small band of humans to seek refuge below the surface of the planet. Which is really not at all what happens. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, that, that last sentence happens in the last second of the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, uh, there's a couple of things in this film where it's not to, but they kind of forget that it's a film and that they do a lot, they do a lot of saying and not a lot of showing. Showing, and, yes. Which is, I have the reverse problem whenever I'm doing like an audio drama is that I do a lot of shit that I see <laughs> and I forget that I'm working in audio and that if I don't tell you, you're not going to know. So it's, yeah, it's one of the, I would fit right. I tell you, you get the asylum hooked up with me and we might have a damn blockbuster on our hands. God forbid we don't want that. Was there a better synopsis for this damn thing? Because with the IMDb one, naturally is going as if you've watched the first one. And of course, being a sequel, they kind of hope you have watched the first one. Being the Transmorphers, I would advise against that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but I mean, that was like about the best. Well, I get, oh, who was it? Y'all said Google it. You said you ought to Google it one time. Just real quick, we could get, because I am. Absolutely not in a hurry here. Transformers Fall of Man. Let's see if there's anything better on Google. I could give it that little movie voice. Oh, here we go. I think. Let's see. All right. Robots from another world have descended on Earth, and they're not looking for a friendly exchange of ideas. Instead, they're intent on taking over the planet and destroying the human race. That's actually kind of cool. That is kind of cool. That, that was from the little Google sidebar that uh, yep. that y'all took. I, I actually like those a lot better. Okay, let's start this one off right, Angelique. Yes. Initially, like, what was your just initial thoughts about this one? You know, we'll get into more detail with it, but how'd you like it? This is the movie that I've been looking for this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I I'm the same. I am the same. Mark, what about you? Of the four films that we have, yes, this this is why I watch these films um for movies like this one. It it and it helps that it's Bruce Boxleitner and I'm sure we'll get into it um but yes, this out of the four, this was a nice bookend um because I was starting to get a little worried. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I was right? starting to get a little worried that, like, I, there can't be one of these. One of these has to be, you know, and this is one that outside of maybe a 10, min- 10 minute segment after the hour mark, uh, it slowed a bit. Outside of that, I really was into this film and it just moves and I, I, I dug it. And again, I agree. What about you, Paul? 
Uh, I feel the same way. Uh, I feel very strongly that there were two two separate movies <laughs> here uh, for me. I loved the first movie, which had the Bruce uh, Boxleitner character in it. Loved that. Uh, the second one, it was like, okay, well, this is a this is okay. So together, it's it's definitely a thumbs up movie for me. But uh, I if if they would have just cut it off right at the the first movie that where I thought the first movie ended. Uh, it would have been a it would have been a great movie for me. See, I'm like that too. I I completely agree. Like with everything y'all have said, this is this was this was what I was hoping for. <laughs> this was what I was like a few months ago. I think I ought to do a cross podcast thing. We do bot buster movies. It'd be fun. This was what I was hoping they would all be. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, we have, man, we have been through the mire. Just, just like a uh, blockbuster comic booky type movie, you know, we we've really been through it. So, with the pinnacle of this, yeah, this movie, th- to me, this is Asylum firing on all cylinders. This is, like you said, Mark, this is what I like when I think of Asylum flicks. This is what I'm thinking of movies like SS Doom Trooper. This movie now that I had, you know, I had never seen this one, so this was just refreshing. Let me kick this bad boy off with the poster. This poster, since the movie is Transmorphers, and considering the other movies we've watched, it just, I hope it does have the proper title. But yeah, Transmorphers Fall of Man. Now, this one, you've got the cityscape and you've got that robot dude reaching at you grabbing a tank breaking that thing you've got some explosions you've got another copy paste robot behind him and then you got skyscrapers blowing up they're really going for that whole invasion destruction kind of thing and of course you got your little taglines like a robot invasion a technological armageddon the end of life on earth and just Granted, maybe the uh, maybe the font's a little. It looks a little cartoonier than the other one. It honestly, it looks like they took a font from Transformers Cybertron, and uh, the that, the one where Megatron was the green tank. That's the font that I'm thinking of. Maybe that was Transformers Armada. One of those. It looks like that font. But I mean, what about you, Mark? What about the uh, the box art here? I mean, is this disappealing or a little better or worse than the last one? Or I mean, what's your thoughts on the box art here? You know, the box art in this is, I like it quite a bit. I mean, uh, it, you know, it, it's it's got just a little hair of a, of some creepiness to it. Uh, it's not your standard uh, Photoshop template that you've had you have previous which if you want look at the first movie and its box art and then you also look at the one that came out later which was the hornet which came out <laughs> during bumblebee um if you look at the hornet cover it looks like they kind of copied and pasted and used the same template and that transmorphers with the fire and the guys below and that that's pretty a f- much a modification of uh art we've seen before but fall of man you got this robot and he's climbing through the city you know he's got his hand out um you know the explosions in the background i mean this it, this is a this is a catchy. This one looks like you know it's a little darker, but I mean I like this one more because it feels like they put a little more effort into the design of this poster versus uh, the previous one. 
you know, while the previous one is eye-catching as well, that one seems a little bit more like their standard formula of picture, whereas this one looks like someone actually tried to do something a bit different. Um, and yeah, it's it's really I, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's it's exciting. Uh, yeah, and the the robot on the cover actually very closely resembles an, a robot we get in the movie. So <laughs> right there, that's a win. <laughs> yep, you're right. We got motion blur, Photoshop, and Paul. What do you think about the cover art? I agree with everything that Mark said. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that it draws your your attention, your eye toward the center because of the way everything is like in in the perspective of of where the camera is set. There's not a real camera here, but you know uh-huh. what I mean, right? Uh, so it, it does draw your attention, and I think also too when I look at this cover, it draws me back. It, it kind of reminds me of the first movie with the 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 a crazy little tunnel at the end where where they were like had to get to the to the alien <laughs> core. It reminded me of that alleyway that they were in, and I thought that was like I don't think it was intentional, but it did make me remember that and i thought well hey if if that adds that kind of connection because i think some people are unless they listen to this podcast they're probably only going to watch the transmorphers fall of man if they liked the original transmorphers so it might be a nice uh way to draw in those fans of the first movie so <laughs> one can only I, I say one can only hope that man, still trying to <laughs> shake off the previous film angelique would this box art make you watch the film? Absolutely. This is the best box art we've seen. Oh, okay, okay, sweet. All right. That's, I like to hear that. I mean, motion blurs and explosions and stuff, which... I, I mean, mean, they know yeah, how to get good. a girl in there. Like, hey, here's some fire, <laughs> and people are shooting. Somebody's squishing a tank. All right, let's do this. <laughs> well, on to the movie then. Give what? Give us a a nice because the synopsis. Yeah, that's just meant like you said. They know how to get a girl in there, but what's the actual movie like? Give us a give us a rundown. A set up the scene. Set up the film for us. Well, machines have started to act a little crazy, and there's some unexplained deaths, and the military gets involved, and it turns out that SETI, like I called it, SETI, <laughs> again, don't broadcast a message. Unless you know what language the receiving party speaks. <laughs> I mean, th- that was the moral of Independence Day. And now we've got, you know, transmorphers. Uh, SETI has received a signal and one of their scientists has uh, recognized an odd pattern in a message coming from space. She's trying to figure it out. Machines start acting crazy. People start dying. The military... Uh, goes a little nuts, and a veteran sees a satellite dish transform into, uh, I'm sorry, transmorph. We don't want to <laughs> copyright in French. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're worried about that. Hey. <laughs> yeah, God forbid we get a copyright in French. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Things start transmorphing, and it turns out that, yeah, aliens that are robots are coming for Earth. And it's up to this ragtag group starring Daddy Bruce Boxleitner and a couple of other folks. 
I mean, that's right. Now, in a typical, I say, generally a sequel is under the whatever it is, the not necessarily, I don't want to say the air, what it, I'm looking for the proper word. They assume when they make a sequel, people are assuming that you have seen the previous installment of the series. However, the, I honestly feel the measure of a good sequel is if they can continue the story or the narrative from the previous film, but you don't necessarily have to see the first film. And I've said this before, like Aliens is probably my favorite movie of my entire life. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a perfect example because when I was a kid, I hadn't, I never saw Alien. My first movie was Aliens. I had heard about briefly about the first film, but not enough to know. So like I saw Aliens first and of course it scared the shit out of me. What <laughs> when you're a kid and you see that movie, of course it did. But I knew enough of the previous film. Like they explained Ripley explains that first film within the first half hour of Aliens. And that's all part of the pacing because then boom, it kicks you right into it. So do you think, Angelique, mm -hmm. that you would need to watch the first Transmorphers to get into this film? Well, no, because this isn't a sequel. It's a prequel. Very true. But <laughs> the things that they reference, the things that they mention, because there are like, like whenever they come to you, say the alien life comes and stuff like yeah. that. It's almost like the narrative is doing as if you've seen the first one because they're leading you into stuff in this. But, you know, you think you could watch this one without having seen the first, please yes. God, without ever having to see the first yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, you're right about that. I mean, <laughs> Tots and, and, and prayers there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Tell me about no, it. You, you absolutely do not have to subject yourself to transmorphers in order to uh, get into this one. Which, other than sultry, throaty, velvety Welshman voices that you might get from the first transmorphers, it wasn't. I, <laughs> I completely agree. Paul. Yeah. So the movie opens up. Of course, we get the narrative about the aliens or whatever and the SETI and the stuff like that. We get a chick driving. Now, this is a perfect, this whole scene setup is a perfect uh, after school special, a nice little poster, a warning poster about using a cell phone while driving. <laughs> because exactly. Officer Tron could show up and not do anything to you. Just. Yeah, yeah just give you a little talking to, which I think is bullshit because down here, never mind. Yeah. But then. But you find out she has diplomatic immunity. <laughs> diplomatic immunity. <laughs> diplomatic immunity. But also, the other warning is don't use your cell phone or you're going to get a laser right through your face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Who, who was the. Clear this up for me. Was this chick, did she ever, what was the importance of this chick? The teenage, she's driving, I say teenagers, it's a young girl driving, bitching yeah. at her boyfriend about something and like tired of his crap, which tell me about it. I know all about it. The trifling. But she's complaining <laughs> at him and right before Officer Tron pulls over to get her, she's complaining about whatever. What's the whole setup with her? Uh, she's supposed to be the daughter of uh, some like foreign diplomat. So that's why she's like special beyond that. And I think the reason why they have that little bit in there was to explain how uh, the her death, her unexplained death 
caught the attention of the the uh, the other doctor, the one played by uh, Jennifer Rubin, uh, Joe Joe Summers, and uh, I think uh, or no, not was it was it her? Ah, I'm confused. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was that was right. And I think that was the only reason to have that hurt. Like a lot of the deaths in the in this film, there were. Uh, it was just kind of there because it moved the plot along and there was no real attachment. So other than the fact that they needed somebody that was important so that she could be like put into the news really quickly. I think that that there really wasn't that much of importance to her death, uh, except for to say, Hey, you know, Hey, modern technology is going to be (laughs) the spider cell phone transmorph. Now you're right. That was, see, that was cool. And that was the one thing about it, it. it was kind of, conf- I say confusing, it was just hard to grasp because whenever you say that there was like two movies in this thing, Paul, I feel like that there was like six or seven in the first half hour of this thing because it's like it's jumping scenes so much. It's like you got a chick riding a car, chewing out a boyfriend. Well, see, first we get the planetary thing about the aliens coming, chick riding in a car, then Officer Tron. And then laser to the face, and then we're in a morgue, and then we're back at Officer Tron, who is back in the morgue. And then we got a girl in a coffee shop that I recognize from Nightmare on Elm Street. She sees that a girl's dead. She's like, and gets up and leaves. It's like, well, what the hell was she doing in one table at a coffee shop? Whatever. It doesn't matter. But you see what I mean? We got to go, oh, God. And then in the morgue, Mm -hmm. we have Captain, uh, God, I had a name for him. Oh, Captain Mansplain. The, um... <laughs> well, I mean, t- to his credit, <laughs> the coroner couldn't differentiate between a bullet wound and a laser wound. So, uh, I mean, yeah. well, I'm not a professional, but I'm like, no, ma'am, that's not a bullet wound. <laughs> <laughs> he even says it to her like... um the wound was cauterized. Yeah, no, see, that was, and, you yeah. know, Officer Tron, all right, I'll give him that because he's a cop, you know, I mean, but it just, mm. I had to, I call him, uh, whatever I called it, Captain Mansplainer because the dude probably was like the second cousin of one of the uh, production line people on there because it was just, he, he used the term, it's a small miracle, like three or four times in the flick for three or four different situations. I admire his optimism, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's just sitting there. Are you, what? <laughs> are you talking about uh, the guy who looked like he failed at the casting call for Scream? The 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 soldier, the drone boy. No, 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 no. Is no, it? no, the mayor. The uh, he looked. All oh, the mayor. Like that Sammy guy. Davis okay, Jr. that mansplainer. <laughs> okay, yep, yep. Okay, that mansplainer. I'm sorry. I thought you were. I thought you were uh, talking about the the guy who looked like he was the stand-in for uh, what's his name and scream with that slick back hair. But no, you're right. The mayor. He yeah. Just, he was, it was just the poor guy was explain everything like over explain or he would use. He just didn't talk like a normal person. It was just no, interesting. It, I just find it. It's not even interesting as much as it is just peculiar. He just stuck. And believe me, I know about not fitting in and sticking out in a crowd and having people giving you weird looks. So, I mean, I know all about it. It was just funny the way he would just start explaining things, but then might say something else. That would, it's like, so, how's your niece? It's like, well, she's fine. I tell you, they installed a pacemaker. You know, modern technology is incredible. It's a small miracle is what it is. Oh, here we are at the Air Force Base. Just like she's and a robot. And it's, yeah. And it's, 
Okay. Well, they got to pay. All right, cool. I appreciate it. And that's not the only time that he would do this, too. It was just interesting to know. So, anyway, we're at a morgue. We got some. She's a diplomat's daughter that died. And now we are at the TV repairman. Now, the girl that shows up, the eye candy. I know. Get off of me, people. It is what it is. Sue me. She's eye candy. It's what it, I haven't even gotten to whether she can act or not. When you first see her, she's in a go-go dress, platform heels, and she looks good. Hey, it's the asylum. Eye candy. Was she a go-go dancer? What the hell was she doing? Did I miss something, or did it matter? No, she was, she was a go-go dancer, stripper of some kind, because when she got home, she said, uh, you know, it's late. Oh, no, early. She's coming back from, you know, it's they couldn't show PG-13, so uh, they couldn't show tragic, much, but, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm guessing from the way, from her mannerism, where she was coming from, that it was in the morning, the way she talked and, and how she was dressed, I think it was implied that she either worked as a go-go dancer or at an establishment like you know, uh, a tilted kilt or a Hooters or something, you know, something along that line. She comes from, she, she works at a place that isn't, uh, that is, is kind of along that line. I got she seemed anyway. awful entitled though. So, I mean, I will give her this. She would be the nicest stripper. I think I had ever heard speak because <laughs> the only one or two that I've ever known, like just casually, or even just happened to bump into throughout. Like, I mean, they were, they were go getters. Like they, they were not this girl. Like they wouldn't be scared or just tell you, I just don't feel safe. Like the stripper chicks I mm-hmm. know would be the reason you don't feel safe. Like they were <laughs> formidable. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's nothing bad. I'm just saying they were like Sarah Connor. It takes a lot like, of hutzpah to walk around in those shoes. It, I guess yeah. it does. So. The go-go dancer arrives home and they have to call the ex-boyfriend. So by now we're at like, I don't, I'm not a filmmaker, I don't know, but we've done like a quick cut to another scene. So like we're on movie six or seven at this point with the dude who gets up and does whatever. And so he comes over to wrap it around because we've probably had a couple other quick cuts to other sequences. He comes over to fix the TV, which Nana... In his fatigues. Does he work? He works for the satellite company. Yes. He comes and he works for the satellite company. Thank you, Paul. Which that was, did we ever get a year of when this movie takes place? It's modern. It's today. It's It's like, it was, was, well, at that Uh, point. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. Okay. Cause that dish looked like something straight out of 85. Well, in the, in their defense, (laughs) it is a small town and I've been to small towns to where there are still similar dishes or even the bigger dishes in the back. Oh, okay. Uh, You know, may not be functional anymore, but they still have them in the back. You know, um, the one bar my dad used to bartend at way back in the eighties had one of those big, huge dishes in the back. Um, and yeah, so I mean, there's the, they exist whether or not they're actually in use. I couldn't tell you, but uh, that type of dish for back then actually was probably about a little close to more of a modern one. They couldn't obviously use a name brand right. one. So they, I think they had their, their, uh, you know, uh, prop department make one. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I was just curious you know, about that. It just kind of, it just, I mean, with you talking about it, it's like, yeah, now that I think about it, I haven't seen those dishes since like 
the early 90s when they started getting replaced by the direct tv stuff it just this i had an aunt and uncle that had one that's about the only one i can remember so anyway he goes to fix the dish and before he can even start fixing the dish the dish starts to fix him and it, yeah. we see the second transmorphing the way i have it in my notes we have the chick in the car suddenly Decepticons! and the phone transmorphs and she gets a laser in the face we go down to the next page uh, right before the next page, and it says, uh, we've got the dude who was fixing the satellite dish. Suddenly, Decepticons, and the dish transforms and transmorphs. Don't ping me with a copyright flag. The dish transmorphs into a robot. And what was the point of that? So he could flip out and have a, a, a PTSD up episode (laughs) (laughs) i guess because yeah the robot didn't do nothing but i mean it looked menacingly at him it looked at him crossways it had to oh you're right i mean yeah so it gave him the hairy eyeball well i mean since it's a robot it was like the hairy optic (laughs) what were you saying paul well no it, it had to establish that he had some knowledge of technology of 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 some you know that uh that he he was kind of experienced with drones because that becomes supposedly important <laughs> later on. Uh, so a, a, a couple other trivia things about this particular actor, uh, Shane Van Dyke. Uh, he's the grandson of Dick Van Dyke. Yep. Uh, he also wrote this nice. film, <laughs> by the way. So you can you can kind of figure out, well, okay, this is kind of wish fulfillment on his part uh, for some of the things. And also his character, Van his Ryburn. character's name is, is basically... Van Van Ryberg, exactly. He, so it's like, ah, I got a, yep, I got a callback bonus. He would make him like the great, great, <laughs> great grandson of the redheaded grandfather Van Ryberg. Grandfather. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. In reverse, the great, 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 great grandfather or somebody of, <laughs> of yeah, sir of the sir, <laughs> the sir her, the sir or whatever. Luhu, sir her. <laughs> Anyway, so he stares at a robot, reaches in his box, and just pulls out a Beretta. Chow Yun had a fast gun. style. I know yeah. it's probably Yun Fa show <laughs> or something, but until I get the until he tells me and probably guns me down because that's what he does, I'll just say in true typical Chow Yun fat style, boxes open, bam, Beretta nine millimeter up and out. And the only thing we don't have is bullet time as he just goes does he actually I forget, does he actually unload his clip? on the robot when he sees it or does he just run inside and like full on linebacker tackle his ex-girlfriend? I think. Yeah. He I didn't. Think he, fire. I think he, he just runs in. in. He doesn't actually shoot because <laughs> otherwise she yeah. would, she would have, she would have heard it, you know, and you know, dime store skeet Ehrlich here, uh, <laughs> just tackles her. Um, Get your soul patch off of me. Come on. Seriously, you look at him for a minute there and go, Skeet? What the hell? <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, oh, no, wait, no, that's not him. I'm like, but you sure got his look down. Um, Yet another drugstore smell alike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I'm just like, oh, man, dude. But no, he doesn't actually shoot because that would have brought her to the door, but he does tackle her. And he, I mean, I can't blame him, but still. No, but you know, and he just comes out and, and tells her the, the, the satellite dish just tr- just turned into a robot. 
it's a drone. Get the hell out of here. And she's just like, what? And he's just (laughs) saying this matter of factly, like he, like what he's saying is not crazy at all. It's as matter of fact, he's just like, look, it turned into this. Let's go. And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Are you seeing things again? Yeah, or, or is this a PTSD episode? I mean, what's wrong? Yeah, she even asked them that. She, they even questioned that at one point, or wondering if uh, he suffered from some trauma from overseas. And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> no. Well, you find out he's a drone pilot, so, you know, yeah, I don't know I how love much. That's some, uh, damn millennials. Exactly. It's like, you know, in our day, it would be like, Rambo, he was tortured. He's a one-man killing machine. What did he do in the army? Well, he was a specialist. What was his specialty? Chucking bullets at people until they were dead. That was Rambo's specialty. You know, it's like what was Arnold Schwarzenegger's specialty? He could kill aliens with his bare hands. He would chomp cigars and do that. It just that's heroes, man. What did Van Damme do? Spin kick the shit out of anybody. It didn't matter what time period. Name a time period, and he'll kick him in the face. That's what he does. <laughs> what does this action hero do? He was the drone specialist. <laughs> he sat and played his Xbox and used the missile. I'm sorry, the Mountain Dew. The Mountain Dew missile and was a drone specialist. <laughs> it just... I know. I'm sorry. As I'm not out of touch. I get it. But... For a desk jockey, he was awfully physically fit, if you know what I mean. And he was well. A he still pilot. he still had to go through basic. He still had to you know pass his physical and everything. I mean, and, maybe he did. You know, but for him, and, it's just they make it out like he's somebody special. Like I mean, well, maybe he was. Oh, it just, no, they do. He is the best drone pilot in the world. Remember, at one point the world, they yeah. say that that he is the best drone pilot. In the world, made the Kessel he, Run in twenty eight minutes. <laughs> but did he? Did he? Did he once ever? We never see that. Film, we don't even see that. <laughs> no, because later on, when we get you know, you get closer to the thing, uh, he isn't even the one that pilots a helicopter. <laughs> it's it's the <laughs> sheriff. Exactly. The small town sheriff ends up being the helicopter pilot, which I'm just going to say right now, uh, uh, Bruce Boxleitner, I will watch him mm-hmm. in anything. Okay. I, I just, I think he's, he's just a fun actor to watch. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those two guys where I I'll watch him in just about anything. Uh, and here I loved him in this. It, it, he brought, I don't know if you want to say gravitas, but he brought experience enough to where yes, he he helped ground a lot of these performances. Where if Bruce Boxleitner isn't in this film, all of these people with their acting and delivery enough, I, I would be just out of this horribleness. You, you know, out of totally the horrible. Cor- I completely agree. But it seems like just his presence, everybody seemed to do better and especially the scenes he was in you felt like you were actually watching a a, a decent <laughs> movie i mean it's still a beef like but you know what i mean i mean it felt the, the scenes had at least a little more as they say gravitas or weight or whatever you want to call it they they had just a little bit of edge to them to where it put it above what you would normally expect from a film that is like this and it's really because of him, because he's acting. It's not like Will Cat. Cat was just pissed off. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was, was promised. He I was think even... he was promised a movie that that he didn't get. 
You know? He was he was promised to transmorphers and he got an alien versus <laughs> hunter. Okay, so he's like, eh. you know, but here Bruce is acting. He doesn't care what type of film he is. He's making the most of this role. And yeah, I just love the scenes he was in. And in all honesty, I don't know if I'm off on it. Maybe I'm just imagining it. But it seemed like everybody just seemed to do better when he was there. He did. He made it to me. He made it feel normal. Yeah, I mean, it's a ludicrous plot, and it's everything. Like, I just commented, you've got Special Forces Delta Squad over here, <laughs> Captain Drone. And, you know, when you say it, it's like, whatever. But Officer Tron, he shows up, and it's like, I believe it. Yeah. You got, you know, Ms. Go-Go Dancer, like I said, who I would not – if you told me she was a stripper, I still wouldn't believe it. I believe more that she was like a Hooters waitress yeah. or something. She's, right. She is you. way too nice, yeah. and she does not have enough – don't fuck with me attitude like you would normally right. see from a stripper. So, But again, Officer Tron shows up. I believe it. You know what? I'm in this. Captain Mansplainer, talk, you know, Chick gets a laser bolt through the face and he explains. And Officer Tron tells us, you know what? You're right. Bruce Boxleitner, he did. He just made it believable, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Because when he shows up at the house, of course, he gets the gun from recon squad whatever his name is and uh soul patch yeah from mr soul patch and so then they have to what is it that they have to go and he says something about a drone what is the impetus to get them in a car to leave other than the fact that he has to find us i gotta find a cell phone and it's i thought they were uh, headed towards that towards where the nsa and uh the other the right. actual yeah, they were gonna. Going. Yeah, they were. They were headed to uh, Andrews Air Force Base because they were close to. I think it was Andrews, Edwards. wasn't it? Air yeah. Force. Yeah. yeah. Edwards. Edwards. Sorry, Edwards. Edwards, not Andrews. They were headed to Edwards uh, Air Force Base because they were going to talk to the NSA folks. Who, you know, we talked about. Uh, if you don't mind me back jumping back just a real quick, <laughs> please. We, we talked about uh, the. The you know the the daughter who was the uh, she's the daughter of a diplomat. I actually liked that because yeah. it gave a reason for the NSA to show up and for the Homeland Security lady to show yep. up. Now, granted, they were investigating robots, but it still kind of made sense because she was the daughter of a diplomat. They had to get these agencies involved fairly quickly, so. In in that the way I saw it was it, it at least brought a little bit more justification of why you had these heavy hitters so early in this film for the death of someone, you know, from a, a laser wound in the head. Otherwise, yeah. But I, I think that was the justification. But yeah, they were gonna hop in the car and go talk to Joe, scientist Joe. Uh, because, uh, you know, she had hinted to the sheriff that she investigates you know, extraterrestrials and he didn't believe her. He's like, Oh, okay, whatever. And then you get this where this guy puts in a, you know, good old, uh, skeet, uh, puts in an argument for, Hey, there's drone, you know, robots. He's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. You know, that's where he's got to go find a cell phone. But it, you know, it, 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 there is, it's wafer thin. Don't get me wrong. It is thin. You could see through this shit, but it is, 
enough <laughs> to get you from point A to point B and justify, <laughs> and justify enough of the motivation, which is all you really need for a film like this. It doesn't have to be elaborate, but you that's what I loved, especially about the first hour of this film. Everybody had a purpose and there was a motivation to keep moving that made sense. <laughs> At least that. At least it made sense. It, compared to the first film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God, this is like the Godfather 2 of, <laughs> of the films because it's got a, a something you can follow. You've got characters who you actually care about, and everybody has a motivation to move forward and a justification, no matter how thin. There is a they at least gave effort to explain enough to get you to get understand why they're moving forward although i was having flashbacks when they started talking about the tower again i'm like sitting there going oh Le oh yeah that's I, i'm like coming. oh did they just copy and paste some of the the dialogue from the first film what you know and, and maybe they were trying to you know call back to it but i ignored that film and this one <laughs> it, it, when watching this one i completely detached myself from the previous film because this film was good and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, that, but that's why they were getting in the car. Long story short, is is <laughs> to go talk to scientist Joe and the NSA folks. That's what it yeah. was yeah. because they get to the Air Force Base. Now, wait, you're skipping I my favorite part of the movie, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're going the, back there. I just okay. wanted to say the first time they go, because or wherever that first checkpoint they go to, because I made a note about this. Whenever you uh, when you use you know military weapons and stuff like that, if you don't know anything about weapons, you're not going to care. But I know a thing or two about it. Regardless, the poor officer, the MP that walks out of the boot, and he's just he's like got this stink face that he has to be in this flick or whatever. He's holding an M4 with no buttstock and no magazine, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> Playing it off like it's some kind of semi-automatic rifle, like an MP5, and no, they just it was an M4. So it just kind of made me laugh. I was wondering, it's like, wow, I wonder if they're actually on a military checkpoint, like if they borrowed it or some place where they're not allowed to have a real weapon. And that's well, why they got well, that if it was, decommissioned M4. Well, if it was filmed in Canada, it would explain it. Because in in Canada, um, I was talking to uh, an indie filmmaker uh, up there who did the one uh, crazy uh, priest on a rampage indie film uh, whose names escaped me at the moment. Uh, it was hilarious, but I got to talk to him and he said, yeah, filming in Canada, they have really odd rules with guns that uh, like the reason he had to use an older gun was because they couldn't use more modern guns or he would have needed a permit, a special permit of some kind. So it could very well be where they were shooting. They couldn't have, uh, although this was filmed in LA. So, um, yeah, I recognize I the neighborhood. Yeah. So maybe this was filmed today. So I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> Never mind. But they, you're right though. They probably were, they could have been on a military base to where they said, yeah, you can no, shoot that, here, but that was not a military base. That was, I think <laughs> or that a was location the security, See, shack. The it was, it was a security shack, at some factory or something, some private well, property. And well, they were like, exactly. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, no, you can't just here. Give me this. This is what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> What's your theory, Paul? Well, no, if you, if you look at it, I, I used to live in uh, an Air Force base in Oklahoma for like like 10 years of my life. And as far as I remember, 
uh, Altus Air Force Base did not look <laughs> like an oil refinery in the middle of like. <laughs> and, and this is this is this was Edwards Air Force Base, which supposedly is in the Mojave Desert. But you can always see these cars <laughs> passing by in some of the scenes <laughs> for at no reason. Point, it's just at like, this yeah. point, I'll just let it go. If they say it is by this point, it's like okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Because it's all good. After right? they find after some bullshit. Here's my notes. There's that first checkpoint. After some bullshit. They find the cell phone. Now, this is your favorite part, is it not, Angelique? Uh, my favorite part is when uh. we get to see the jabroni in the SUV. <laughs> oh, yeah. The supposed SUV that's driving by itself. But well, that's not right. yet. You can see the- yeah. It's, it's, it, yes. Oh, that guy. Oh, the guy with the GPS. Exit the vehicle. Home? Yeah. Yes. Exit the vehicle or you will be eliminated. Three, two, <laughs> pow, laser to the face. Laser to the face. I'm telling you, this this is one thing I will give this that Michael Bay never thought about with his films. These are alien robots, okay? Transformers, if you will, okay? These are precision machines with intergalactic stellar technology that has both combined with the energy source they call it the AllSpark. You had the Matrix. In other words, laser-like precision. Bobby, I'm going to take a second try to explain something to you. Okay, they could probably shoot the wings off of a fly from 500 yards, judging by the rotation of the Earth and the angle and everything else. They could do it. They could take a football and chuck it and hit it. You know what I mean? So doing all of that, what the hell was the point of those three-hour movies when they're just sitting there doing like shooting each other from five yards away and not hitting a damn thing? They're robots. They should be like the Terminator. Headshot, 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 headshot. Movie over, roll credits. Thanks, next. Whereas, you know, you get the Transformers. It's just ammo and explosions and everything, which I love. This film... Laser to the face, done. One shot, bam, done. And, it's and then a, the car throws I, him I out. I have to give him credit. And then tosses him out because cleanliness is next to godliness. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't want him riding around inside you because he's going to start smelling and decomposing and shit. So mm-hmm. You don't want that. I, I just... I had to. I just have to comment on that. It's like <laughs> at least these transmorphers. I mean, it's laser to the face, laser to the heart. You know, done. Bye. It's maximum it's overdrive. Over, drop dead. Yeah. That's it. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. I just I had to comment because then after we get Jabroni's dead, then the cops <laughs> see my previous note. After some bullshit, they find the cell phone. So the cops go and they find it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, suddenly Decepticons. Decepticons. <laughs> and there's a uh, an SUV that is attacking them from behind, which was kind of, I mean, for what it was, it was kind of an okay scene. Paul, what do you think? Kind of tense? Was mm-hmm. it kind of, did it kind of do what it was supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> nothing <did>. more, nothing <laughs> less. <laughs> no. So th- no. I'm sorry, please. Because... <laughs> No, I, I was just—I I, I was kind of a bit distracted when you th- when you talked about the phone and uh, and they they, they locked it in a stainless steel only for the du- I was just going to say that <laughs> only for the dumbass guard oh my God. who who's been probably briefed. <laughs> hey, 
this could be a robot. We're putting it in this case for a reason. If he wasn't, that's the failure of his manager, <laughs> which his manager is that's going to come in on the six-month review of his manager because his manager should have told him this could transform into a robot and shoot a hole in your head because if he would have told him that, I don't think his ass would have ever opened that damn thing again, especially when it's quiet and all of a sudden you hear something inside rattling around what's the first thing you do oh i wonder what that is <laughs> open it boom dead he darwin was at work in this aspect because <laughs> maybe his hors d'oeuvres weren't served correctly that's it, it. that it is exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, that was like one of the things it, it was uh, only i mean i did it for phil like i was into it and i get what it is and i didn't have many problems with it except that and i know we haven't gotten there yet but later on <laughs> we have uh, uh i think go-go boots or uh, skeet one of them says a line to the effect of uh, uh she's like they killed my uncle and i'm like no, oh, your no, uncle, your uncle, Kamikaze your, uncle your, your uncle killed your uncle after they <laughs> shut the robot down. So you your motivation for revenge is misplaced. But yeah, we're we're about to get to that because <laughs> yeah, see, we've got the, uh -huh. the SUV. After we find out about the cell phone, and oh, oh did you guys see the guy in the uh, black outfit in the SUV? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, their yes. best effort. I, I have to give the asylum credit because, I mean, by God, <laughs> compared to the other piles we've we've put ourselves through, <laughs> you know, this was like they were really, really trying to make a good movie here. And I'll excuse some visible knuckles on the steering wheel. <laughs> He could at least put his hands underneath <laughs> the wheel. You, you know, it's like... They He's probably not a, had yeah, one take in that That wasn't alley. even a real stunt driver. That was an intern. Hey, Greg. Yeah? <laughs> All right. Put this on. Put these black glasses that on. That was the jabroni from the previous yeah, scene. All right. Did you, did you bring your gloves? That's it, well, I got yeah. my weightlifting gloves. Oh, damn it, Greg. You can see your fingers. All right. Get in the car. <laughs> Just get in the car. Get in the car. <laughs> get in the car. We got the street for a half an hour, then we gotta take away the barricade. Yeah. So just get in the damn car. Here's your big gulp. That was it. Just That's go. <laughs> just follow this car. <laughs> you will get your cheeseburger roll up after the take. Go. Cheeseburger <laughs> 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 roll. With some fanciful driving, I have to give oh. it that. It was just. The scene was what it was. Yeah. So we get back to the Air Force Base. We're back and forth, back and forth. We get to the Air Force Base for a nice little exp expository scene. Exposition? Yeah, that, that thing, too, where they start explaining things. Not mansplaining. They're just giving us, again, a callback, <laughs> or since it's a prequel, it would be a call forward. Anyway, an extraterrestrial mm. source is controlling the robots. The military built the robots, dun, dun, but dun. aliens are controlling yeah. the robots. And the military wants Van Ryberg because he is uh, a drone specialist. 
super drone. Super, I mean, this is like special. seriously every Twitch and YouTube streamer with an Adderall addiction. This is their wet dream: is to be a military drone specialist like Rambo with an Xbox controller. It, but, but I'm not harping on it too bad. I'm a gamer too. But seriously, I heard somebody chuckle when I was saying that. Y'all know. Y'all, let me turn around. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Suddenly, Decepticons. Decepticons attack! Or at least one giant yes. robot starts attacking. Now, we have upgraded. We're not really looking like a uh, PlayStation, maybe a PS2, you know, introductory CGI scene that you would get in a video game. No, sir. This is full-on Xbox 360-style, like, launch day day one style cutscene graphics here for this giant robot thing. Now, what was this robot? It was the SUV. I forget. Was this yeah, the SUV? Yeah, it's got the gorilla, the Escalade the on its SUV chest. Robot. I mean, okay. it's... Yeah, it was the they SUV. They did a really right. good job with that transformation, I have to say. I, I, I'm giving... Oh, yeah, I'm... I'm <laughs> as much as I'm ragging on it, it was still funny. It, not funny. It was still cool. As funny as it was, it was endearing. This is just the asylum. This is me and what I look for when I watch the asylum. And it's just nice to see that they took, a, they spent a little bit more time. Maybe instead of having it rain in every scene, like the previous film, they took a little bit of that budget and put it towards <laughs> some transformation effects and stuff. Because you got this robot with, he's like a chow yun fat giant kaiju robot because he's got guns in both hands and flames and he's just blowing shit up. And. What are we doing at this point, Angelique? What is the impetus? What are we afraid of other than the robot? Why did the robot show up? And it what's wanted it the cell phone for some reason. Like they had the cell phone in the glove box of the cop car. And when it, the SUV transformed, it started speaking binary at him. And Soul Patch was like, well, I don't speak robot. And then a second later, he's like, they want the cell phone. And the cop is like, <laughs> Why? Oh, all right. We'll give it to him, <laughs> and then uh, a black hawk comes in, scares away the the transmorpher, and make it to the base. And that's when they lock it in the box with the idiot guard. And then they talk about they need to disrupt <laughs> the satellite communication, and that will shut the robots down. And then. But then Idiot suddenly, let the cell phone out because it hears a funny noise. <laughs> let me open this and see what's happening. They that, put a phone in and it's rattling. I think I need to open this. What the fuck? I think you're getting a phone call. <laughs> so yeah. So then the giant robots attack again, Paul. Isn't that what happens? Uh, the. It, d it does. Right. It does attack the base, but I think I think it's supposed to because if there was a report that like all these other military bases were getting attacked, now at we're the getting same, into it. Where know, I say this movie um, start from this point yeah. forward, the movie stops showing you as much as it just starts telling you that things are happening, and this is kind of that point. If you because I had no mm -hmm. idea other bases were getting attacked. It was just was like, oh, wow, this robot's attacking this base. Yeah. Officer Tron to the rescue. I didn't realize that other bases all over were getting attacked at this. Like, is it? 
Well, they didn't even say that outright. It, it first, the the way they went about it was they like rattled off all these cities, and it's like, you know, what's the commonality? It's like, oh, they have military bases right, on them. See, I completely okay. missed all that. So, <laughs> so then they have to yeah. get guns, and there's a cameo of the RoboCop Auto Nine pistol hanging on the wall. So I mean, this yep. from thank you the Terminators. <laughs> oh, and brief FYI fact, in case you care, that uh, the cute little English, not English chick, that was the the doctor or whatever the autopsy chick the um the cute little homeland security chick she was from the terminator yep yep she was Mm -hmm. she was the one that was telling the the carolina girl to go on a killer what it was like well if you won't use the gun give it to me yep so anyway so there's another tie-in so that must have been her gun so anyway, the RoboCop's Auto 9's hanging on there, and we gun up. I mean, we go and grab us some nice little, actually decent-looking weapon replicas, I must say. They're a little light, though, because you can tell when they grab I mean, they're just <laughs> tossing them around like they ain't shit. Like, like eight-year-olds running out in the backyard playing with guns is, is kind of cute, actually. So they grab them, run out, and Bruce Boxleitner is like, there's a helicopter. I'm going to get the helicopter. And he just, Officer Tron gets in it, and he starts taking on the robot all by his damn self. Meanwhile, the coffee shop chick, um, that Joe. one, thank you, her, she's trying to jam the yeah. signal, isn't she? Isn't that yeah. the whole point? Okay, so she's got to jam the yeah. signal. Yeah. Bruce Spotlight, he's got to fight the uh, the robot. And well, it's he's just not using happening. the least maneuverable helicopter. I mean, if you want to mm. uh, fight a robot, you get a whistle, get a Huey. <laughs> I was gonna say he grabbed a Huey. I'm like, that, okay. Uh, <laughs> it looked like Pickens were slim. I mean, I don't know if he had his choice, but it's yeah. maybe he, he's more adept at light cycles anyway, from what I remember. So, I mean, he gets in the helicopter, he starts shooting that thing. That thing starts shooting at him. Nobody's hitting anything. I swear to God, you with with computer and laser guided interfaces and stuff. Nobody's hitting shit, and they're like ten, 10 feet away from each other. And then the <laughs> robot like just full on unloads on him, and he loses his grip. We see that little cut scene, and it goes back to the robot, and it goes back to him, and we see that same scene, and it goes back, and then it goes back to him again. We see the helicopter again, the same scene, and then he's just like. Take care of her. Something, something, blah, blah, blah. And I'm watching, I'm like, no, don't, no, dude, seriously, now, like with this robot alien attack, this is where you do it. All right. He had an hour in his contract. He said, I can only be in this film for mm. a total of an hour. That was in his contract. So that's why they came up with this. I guess so, because he just runs. <laughs> I'm to go ahead and let you know where I'm from, because uh, he runs smack dab. Right into the robot. It was already shut <laughs> well, down. But let's, uh, yeah, let's not forget that the robot was already shut down, and they were yeah. trying to communicate to him. And he's like, "No, fuck it, I'm <laughs> out of this movie." And, and he's like, "And you get the latest." He's like, "I'm, I'm no. done." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "No, I'm done." Uh, yeah. You guys are because when this happened, in all honesty, I'm like, "Oh man, that was a quick film," mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, okay. So we're gonna get mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. and we'll get people, you know, embracing the look at the flaming Tron, and we fade to black, and you know, or something, or or we'll then get the rest of the robots coming down. And then I looked at it like, oh, we got a half hour yep. to go yet. Oh yeah, um, we ain't done yet. But 
Tell me that wouldn't have been solid movie. He sacrifices it. You completely cut out the section afterwards and you cut right to the meteors falling to the ground and, and more of the robots come in and saying, we didn't get the signal ended in time. Boom. Credits. Done. I could go. I could make a whole nother podcast episode on how I feel that's honestly where the industry needs to go. If you're not going to do a TV series, just make the damn movie shorter. We don't need it. We don't need a lot of exposition or find some way to hybridize that with the internet and let people find it on their own. But I digress. So, Kamikaze, Into the Robot. So, in essence, Bruce Boxleitner is the reason for the whole thing anyway because... It was done. The robot's like, okay, you know what? Y'all seem kind of nice. Ain't no need to be fighting each other. Why don't we live together? Boom, done. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that's it. So it's done. Act- it's like a white right dove thrown in a Martian. You know what? Screw you guys. We're done. So now begins, as Paul mentioned earlier, movie two. <laughs> or movie B. Paul, yeah. bring us up, just catch us up to something that actually happens. Because there was like 10 minutes, it felt like, where nothing happens other than, you know, we get to see some people bumping uglies. Well, but they, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 the survivors kind of find out that uh, the aliens are polluting the water so they decide that they're going to go to the uh los angeles <laughs> and aqueduct blow it up for whatever and, uh, reason aqueduct, quack, quack. Because, <laughs> because, because, that's yeah. how you stop the robots <laughs> from poisoning the water you blow up the thing providing the water <laughs> granted the water. we won't be able to get <laughs> yep, to the yep. water but it won't be poisoned as we're Working up to that, a couple <laughs> exactly. of there are. I did have a couple notes, and this is my fault, but I just a couple things to mention. First of all, the music in this movie from mm-hmm. opening scene oh, God, the whole yeah. way through is so mm-hmm. much better. It is my favorite scene, and I know everybody sit down. It's not side boob, even though that was a nice, <laughs> you know, just to get to see the go girl girl bumping so- uglies with whatever his face was. No, when they walk out, that scene. When they hear the noise and they look up and you see the aliens coming down in the atmosphere and you see the fire trail mm-hmm. behind them as they're hitting yeah. and then the, the underscore hits, that was really, really cool. Like it wasn't the super in your face Bram like a movie trailer, but it was there just underneath, just enough to give the tension. <laughs> That, I, that I like wrote my on my notes that, that you got movie. your wish. That was the exact <laughs> scene that you wished for. That was, yeah, that was, you I mean, got it just, wish. Ah. it happened. Now it was, you know, only like 20 seconds or so. But that was so cool. Because then my next note is it turns from your standard survive the robot action thing to the post-apocalyptic motif. But... Here's my notes. The problem is they don't show that it's a post-apocalyptic film. They only talk about it. <laughs> because yes. as you said, yeah. Paul, we hear that they're poisoning yes. the water. Yes. But we the only thing we're given is mm-hmm. that they're trying they see the aliens coming down, they jump in the truck, car van, whatever, and they're escaping. And then you have a yep. pretty cool sequence with the flying robot, <laughs> who I don't know why it was flying because he was an SUV. Yeah. But Whatever, he's flying, shooting at him. But I got to give the animation department a little bit on that because they kind of animated that pretty well, I mean. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I I, I kind of thought of these the, these ones were the were the alien yeah. uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it machines rather than like the Zbot guys rather than the 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 humanoid made drones that ah, we did. Maybe so. I mean, well, they did the Decepticons did that in the Transformers cartoon. It just that was just kind of interesting. Anyway, that's true. So it blows up the SUV, and then <sighs> Captain Mansplainer, yeah, Mayor targets, Mansplainer, comes by and rescues him. Yeah. With, with, yes. yeah, with with a character yep. simply named Pacemaker. Yeah. Was that his Did you name? Catch his that in wife. The yeah. Her name is Pacemaker. Okay, now, okay. No, so that was, was supposed wife? to be his no, niece. Okay. Yes. It was his niece because his that's wife. what he was talking about at the beginning when he was explaining about the small miracle and the yeah. modern technology. Yeah, and then he shows up, and then he's with her. Of course, she doesn't say anything. She's I, just there. Yeah. And then, Did you, of course, <clears throat> cool. What's up, Mark? Yeah. I was just going to say, did you guys unfortunately do the one thing that happens in a number of like sci-fi films? We went, we went from on the edge of Mad Max apocalypse to full on apocalypse within one car drive. (laughs) Yeah. Down the highway. I mean, I mean, suddenly yes. these people are talking about. Well, we've established base and all the survivors <laughs> so far. But he's talking like this. This this group's been together and assembling itself for over the course of maybe a month of the attacks. <laughs> but it's been like. <laughs> It, yeah. It's been like an hour. What happened that yeah. day? They're talking like, oh, we've been out here in the yeah. wilderness for quite some time, but we've assembled a number of, you know, uh, survivors, family and their, members. And their wonderful shelter is a burnt out tobacco chip. <laughs> <laughs> but he's talking like all the world, like they've got this little survivor village going on. And I'm sitting there going, dude, it's been a fucking hour. They're eating cold bushes baked this beans. Is... He's not even heating it up. He's just stirring it in a pan. <laughs> You know, you got guys sitting around the campfire with their bushes baked beans going, man, I remember when the aliens attacked. What, yesterday? The robots that blew up my house. Dude, that was like three hours ago. But would you rather have them or or the Amber Crombie and Fitch crowd that we had in the first movie? Well, yeah, because you get this group and that's where they decide to blow up the aqueduct and they go to... Blow up the aqueduct and nothing happened. You're right, Dad. This this is the part where it slowed down for like ten minutes. Where I'm just like, I checked out actually for a little while. Going, I did too. I'm like, okay, dialogue, dialogue. Oh, someone died. It was cool. The pacemaker yeah. burst through her chest. I'm like, okay, that was a pretty yeah. cool animation. Oh my god, when he shoots her, I laughed. Yeah, he was coming though. You know? Oh yes. Turn. He unloads on this chick, and that's where the rest of the budget went was the squid work because we haven't seen. It went into a full-on <laughs> Paul Verhoeven, Chow Young fat, like John Woo flick. He's just saying, boom, boom, boom. And you just see these crater holes opening up right in the dude's niece. After he just finished explaining, it's a small miracle, is what it is. Modern technology. I mean, yes, this is my niece, and she came uh-huh, to the Operation uh-huh. 5. It's great that she's able to see the end of the world. Also, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> he doesn't say a word. Down. He just kind of looks at him like, you know, like like there's a hair in his soup. He's just like, 
Yeah, he comes around to bam, bam, and everyone's like, "Who shot him?" And then the kid sitting there, he goes, and he just walks away. I mean, the and gore <laughs> trail. It was. It wasn't as gratifying as Django Unchained, but it was like a level down because I'm seriously, I've just got ha 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 ha, and then in all caps, Jesus Christ, the dude shooting the chick. <laughs> Lol, that was intense. Whatever they did with the music stuff, yeah, it just unloads, and we take care of the niece right then and there. There's your small miracle. So now, and then another part, of course, Captain Mansplainer, when they're planning, right before we're at where Paul left us, when they're planning, he asks us, says, do we have guns? And the mayor looks and says, not much. We have a small arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's like. Okay, well, which is it, man? I mean, yeah, really, that's the, you're just giving me your speak here. <laughs> we have not much but a small arsenal. So here's the plan. What was 300 miles away? Because they're talking about it joins in with this and that, and they can go to the L.A. aqueduct. There's 300 miles. And he's like, how far is it? 300 miles. I'm like, oh, okay. And it was like the very next sentence says, all right, <laughs> we walk. And, and I was like, three, walk? <laughs> 300 all right this is gonna be a long ass movie and then i look at it there's only like 10 minutes left you know they can't well i mean i they get can't it but that's a, they, they just can't not even a skateboard we're just gonna walk so well but see they walked so they could run into mr voice soldier which was a whole yeah so then uh -huh. they end up uh-huh <laughs> somewhere else like at this point they have quit really guiding us they just kind of throw us into different little vignettes and we get to see things that happen for instance a missile hit that blows up the giant robot but we only see half they cut it like mid-sequence i guess that was the remainder of their budget giant robot attacks and then it's blown up with a <laughs> missile and then this random dude walks out to help them and tell them about a terraforming machine wasn't and wasn't it Valentine? Yes. What are the odds? It what are the odds like of running it. into I don't, that? No, I don't know. Uh, it may I have been. It probably been a his hard voice was months. different. His voice was different, though. His voice was badass. He was like, he was like the guy they, you know, they grabbed the guy who records the voice for the trailers for most of uh, Asylum and said, hey, man, you want to be in a movie? He's like, yes. And <laughs> because, well, I know that was his barn, at least. Probably. Yeah. I'm <laughs> but I just dug the fact when that guy talked to you, I kept thinking of Mr. Vibe, like, dude, because <laughs> like, everything he said just sounded a little cool. Like, yes, they are terraforming. They are changing. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Y'all ain't heard about the terraforming machine? <laughs> no, it's Again, a terraforming machine. Again, they're talking like they've been in the apocalypse for like a month or a year, you know, and he's like, no, this is still the same day. <laughs> we're still, we're just at <laughs> two o'clock, man. <laughs> Everything has led up to this moment. What's that? Two o'clock. <laughs> oh, yeah. And doesn't he say that they tortured the information out of one of the robots? How the yeah, crap the Russians do you torture did. a robot? The Russians did. I know. Yep. Well, they asked that. If anyone would know, it's a Russian. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's how they <laughs> described. Yeah, that's how they go. explained it away. Anyone would know how to do it. It's a Russian. There is only one oh, subset yeah. of people hard enough for that kind of task, and that is my friends from the Kavon <laughs> Rush. Okay. If anyone knows how to torture a robot, it's, it's either you be give minimum. me the information I want, or you get the steel wool. I did like one of his. <laughs> What's up, Paul? 
<laughs> I was just going to say, I did like one of his his uh, possible things that they might have done was like complain about <laughs> yeah. the size yeah. of their Yeah, what they do? What they do? Complain about the size of their hard drive? Insult their motherboard? <laughs> that, that was kind of fun. Like we said, it's all the brother. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was funny. So what happens next? My notes kind of trail off at this point because it was funny. I was like, I don't need to take notes because it's a standard asylum film. And it is. I just can't remember really what well, happens. <laughs> so the, so the guy the guy explains to them that uh, they he was, he was uh, around the world. There's supposed to be nine terraforming stations, and then a few of them got attacked. His group was going to attack this morning, and but unfortunately, the aliens uh, somehow knew that they were coming. Yet uh, they somehow the aliens allowed for half of their complex to be blown up, and then the other <laughs> half to be littered with C4 explosives, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> which made me think that they wanted this to happen but uh and so when when they basically he suggests that we need we need a volunteer to go set off the last bit of explosives well, of course to, to save the world of course the second time um and then uh that's what they go they they basically go and they they try to attack and and then when they finally get there it was like oh yeah excellent we're lucky because uh, apparently uh, they're out looking. There were hundreds of them before this morning, and now they're all out there looking for him. And there's only like two or something left guarding it. it it's like they 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 learned from our tactic of guarding their cell phones that they only need one inept Apparently. guard. Because I do. It was sort of like that's the, the climax of this film was Bruce Boxleitner in the Kamikaze Special, because this mm -hmm. finale. They did this finale, this whole second part, this whole last half hour of this film was basically supposed to be a trailer lead in to make you want to see Transmorphers yep. was pretty much what it was because like the finale, of course, the go. explosions were there. I mean, I give it is what it again. It is what it is. But you're right. They go, they set off the explosion, which dude had like 10 seconds and hauled ass away from a giant building full <laughs> of C4. And somehow or another, he made it. So you know what? I stand corrected. Apparently, yeah. this dude had a whole lot more under the hood than just a drone pilot. So, I mean. Yeah, but, but not. So he's supposed to be an intelligent drone pilot, but he goes and he sends. He sends the one lady with the bum leg out. Like, <laughs> hey, like good luck. 10 seconds, you're probably still not going to Well, you better make get it. to hopping then, huh, darling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, can, can we just... Can I address possibly the elephant in the room? The robot elephant, if you will. The, well, there's a robot <laughs> elephant, but... Did anybody else... Now, we had Scientist Joe, and I understand... She, wasn't yeah. she the one that got injured in the leg? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I understand that she was injured in the leg and maybe been in a little pain. But I swear this actress decided to go on a bender the last half of this film because she sounded all the world like she was just drunk as hell. She probably was. Delivering her lines for the last like 15, 20 minutes of this film. Ever since they get to the burnt, burnt hut. She is talking like she had had a snootful, and they called her to set. And that's, she's like, shit. That be part of it, but <laughs> okay, my thing is, I, I think that was a character decision because her whole purpose was, okay, I can manipulate these satellite signals and I can save the world, but now all this alien technology is going on. Earth itself has shut down all forms of uh, communication. What do I have left to live for? 
Sure. Uh, and, and I get that. She just, she, then she needs to drink. <laughs> they need to show her getting drunk. <laughs> she just sounded like, well, she didn't sound you, like she was sad, like, too, you know, so depressed. Like, it. it could have been that. Like, it, it could very well have been that. I don't know. Just for me, it just seemed odd. It sounded like she was, because she was slurring her words. And then I'm just like, um, are you, <laughs> you need, you need some water? Um, she, she needs to quit bunking up in the trailer with William Cat. <laughs> what she needs to quit doing. There you go. That's what's happening. He was offset supervising. Go. I mean, only he apparently could handle any kind of post-apocalyptic nature. I mean, for that's the only thing that we realized this took place on the planet Earth. Because if it, if William Cat would have been around, we'd have known it would have been on that other planet. Oh yes, for so sure. The building blows up. And then once again, we're told, not shown, other than a you know color correction thing, that they planned this the whole time. The toxic cloud. What was the whole point? What was that about? Like the toxic cloud? Because they 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 adapted to they were already adapted to it, so it was like okay. And so like the humans can't adapt that quickly, so. They, they force the people underground and then we basically get the plot of transmorphers. So pretty much this toxic cloud is going to rain, make it rain every single day. Make it rain, <laughs> make it rain, make it rain on them boys. Make it rain up in here. <laughs> that, that's, that's why you got the stripper girl because we wanted to make it rain. Oh, see? oh look at there. Uh -huh. the wonderful writing. Oh, amazing. I want to hear some final thoughts on this one. This is, we'll get to the whole thing, but the final thoughts on Transmorphers Fall of Man. Angelique, I'm dying to know what'd you think of this one? Just I did all in I all, genuinely all. enjoyed it. It was this like I said at the beginning, this is the movie I wanted the whole time. I will probably watch this one again just because it's I mean, it's just a kooky little shitty movie, you know? It had decent Amen. Yeah, it had decent writing. The effects weren't terrible. You know, it, it's just one of them things you put on like, oh, hey, yeah, check this out. I got other things to do. Let's just put on trans Transmorphers Fall of Man. Yeah, you're right. I totally agree. Paul, how about you? Uh, one one cool note. Uh, when when I had uh, like started to post the your hashtag uh, reach for the bottom uh -huh. uh, and I talked about Transmorphers, uh, one of my friends actually texted me and said, hey, where's the streaming? So your your podcast made somebody go out and and they're going to watch this film just because they heard about it uh, us talking about the podcast which is going to be airing and, and it's so cool. Oh great. Yeah, be sure to point him to uh cuz I'll be releasing the uh the movie list for anybody that wants to uh, we'll get, I, we can get to your final thought in just a second, but I'll be releasing the movie list so people if they want to be prepared, you might want to be prepared for this whew, man. But uh that's cool. So what are your thoughts on the film, Paul? Are you still? Yeah. Are you my friend awesome, awesome. again? So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm always going to be your friend, man. Always, <laughs> unless unless you kill my parents or my sister, uh, then oh, okay, I'll take that into into consideration, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Uh, but you know, if you kill my dog, then you're dead because I'm John Wick. But anyways. Uh, so what I thought about this a fucking pencil. Uh, yes. Uh, the thing I thought about this movie is something that we kept bringing up with the previous mockbusters uh, throughout this whole podcast series 
and it it just seems like somewhere at the end of the film they're they're like oh shit we've got to do something more and this is an extreme example <laughs> of there where where it was like hey they filmed a really really good movie Bo- uh, Bruce Boxleitner had his like great moment we had a really happy ending and then somebody along the line said you know this one is too short and two this does not lead us into the next you know because this is supposed to be a prequel guys. And so they said, okay, well, let's go and film another 30 <laughs> minutes and to, to kind of do that. So it kind of follows suit with everything that we've said that Asylum films have been doing with these mockbusters. Is, is just they, they get it done and they suddenly realize that they have to tack on more. If they would have just chopped that off, it would have been a great movie. I would have been even happy if they would have like uh, expanded more on on all the little areas. And if they would have gotten rid of the victory sex thing, I would have been okay with that too. So yeah, cause it wasn't great. <laughs> it was it wasn't like, it didn't, it didn't even feel like it was. Well, like, I mean, they were, they were wrestling. They, they were, yeah. <laughs> wrestling. you don't, you don't wrestling. roll around like that. I'm sorry. No, no. And if you, I mean, seriously, it would, yeah, <laughs> he was humping her leg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> They, Ooh, they weren't even trying. I mean, they were just leg going well, I at it. I want to take it to a man that knows all about the leg humping procedures. Mark the movie, man. What did you think <laughs> of Transmorphers' Fall of Man? I mentioned it before, and I still stand by it. If you took these four films, well, <laughs> if you take this film compared to the original, it's like the Godfather 2 of Transmorphers' films uh, because it is by far... This is the movies I look for for Asylum, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. This is the type of film where, yes, it's ridiculous. Yes, the acting may not be the best and special, but it's entertaining. There's enough here to keep you interested in the film. And outside of that little 10-minute bit where they seem to stumble a bit, for the most part, I was actually into this film and paying attention and watching it. And it it flows. It feels like a film and not just something tacked together because they needed a mockbuster to match the blockbuster at the, you know, it was like, it was like the produce the, the, the asylum went to Lee Scott and going, yo Lee, um, about your transmorphers. Um, it's crap. And he goes, no, no, I've got another one and it'll fix that film. And they're like, all right, you got another chance. <laughs> And he's like, great. And he calls up his buddy, Bruce Boxleitner. He goes, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce is like uh, collecting, you know, my uh, checks from being on my show. Hey, you want to you want to be in a movie? Yeah, uh, I got two days and I'll only be in it for an hour. No problem. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> this film is that film to sum up i i enjoy it i enjoyed it the most out of the four that we had this is the type of movies that are those gems within the asylum library that you find that you go i could actually see myself watching this again down the road but still watching it again when i needed something that i just need to turn my brain off for because it is not so horrible where it's unwatchables like uh, AVH or, mm. you know, uh, the first Transmorphers. Mm. But at the same time, I fully recognize this is not 
top shelf cinema by any means. It deserves to be on the bottom shelf. But this is one of those so bad at good films. This the, these are the B films I like watching. Uh-huh. I find entertaining, and I think these are the ones people miss because they run across films like Transmorphers, the first one. Yeah. I mean, if I watched the first one and I saw the second one come out for this show, I I honestly would have said ah. <laughs> No, uh, there's Ishtar, uh, but you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm glad I did because had they led with this film, uh, I think you know I would have watched the first one, been more motivated to watch a film after this. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a solid, it's a solid asylum film. It really is. I mean, there's, I am completely in agreement. This is just like Angelique said. This is the film. When I first came out with this idea of thinking about doing a mockbuster summer, this is what I was hoping to get. It's just, you know, rapid fire, bam, bam, bam. Movies like this that I could just sit there and binge movies from my shitty movie Sunday. I mean, this is, I put in the messenger on Facebook when I was watching it. It's like, I'm loving this film. I just, it almost makes me wish it were Sunday when I was watching it because it just, this is peak asylum. Ultimately, it's like my final thought note that I have on my notes for this film in all capital letters. Fun. This mm-hmm. is what the asylum is supposed to do. This is, to me, it's all, you know, stepping stones for them leading up, culminating for Z Nation. Because this is what leads us to this, to Z Nation, where Z Nation was fun, entertaining, it could be serious. It could also just be so hokey, it's almost cringy. The, the problem, that, as I say, Asylum's problem now is that they've shown they can do that and still make a good series. So they really, it just it sucks. That's the pressure of entertainment. But in this film, it is that. It's just fun. Nothing was shoehorned in. Other than what you would expect to be shoehorned because it's a mockbuster. They're, they're not trying to browbeat you with any kind of goddamn social messaging. Nothing like that. The movie does what it's supposed to do. Entertain. And that is exactly what this flick did. Even the parts where I'm zoning out, I'm still entertained. It's on my watch list. I'm not going to remove it from my watch list. And it's, I'm going to watch this again. Just kind of sort of even, I will probably watch this before I watch the Terminators again. So, yeah, final mm-hmm. thoughts on Transmorphers, the fall of man. I mean, man might have fallen, but the asylum has stood up. They just, they have risen back up to climb to the heights that I was hoping they would be since the start of this damn thing. Yeah, th- I seriously, like, if you have Amazon Prime, you ought to watch this flick because, of course, the preamble, the prelude to all episodes of this, of course, is me pitching to watch these flicks wherever you can get them. This is on Amazon Prime, and I just I tell you, watch this. I'll tell you to watch the first Transmorphers. I mean, what what you got to lose, huh? What else better do you have to? Ooh, Mister Important. What else do you have to do? But seriously, if you watch Transmorphers, you're really gonna enjoy watching this one, <laughs> just because it tastes so good. It's like working outside in the hot sun all day and you have your little half a bottle of coca-cola that you put in your lunchbox because you forgot to get anything else and so by like two o'clock you go to get the coca-cola and it's 
just warm and it's just nasty and horrible. So you have to finish up the work day, but at 5.30, <laughs> I feel like a preacher. 5.30 rolls around, <laughs> you go to the gas station, <laughs> you walk in, the air conditioner hits you in the face like a cool breath from the mighty Lord Jesus. You get a Coca-Cola, it's ice cold, you crack it open and you drink it. <laughs> and it tastes so good. That's what this movie was for me. <laughs> After the shit that I've had to watch. <laughs> Transmorphers Fall of Man. Watch it. You you mentioned on uh in the chat, I think it was, or in it, on yeah, I think it was on in the chat in our chat. And it, this reminded me of full moon classic full moon fun. Yeah. The 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 you know the Jack Death the uh, yeah you know the, the this reminded me of classic nineties we got to fill our shelves with as much videos as possible eighties you know and early nineties full moon this is that exactly type of fun the other ones weren't this one is the closest to that schlock fun where mm-hmm. they know what they're making yeah. And they're having fun with it, but at the same time, they're still making it a movie. They aren't just throwing shit at a wall like a monkey in the zoo, you know, and hoping it sticks. That's what this felt like. Puppet Master 3, Subspecies 2, Shadow Zone, Netherworld. You you just said it, Mark, that era. So whenever I'm spitting out these titles that I just did, I probably, everybody just subconsciously flash back. You could Mm -hmm. just see images, memories of when you were a kid watching those flicks or picking them up at the video store because that is peak full moon. Yeah, that's what I feel with this. This is... This is asylum firing on all cylinders. Now, it might only be a three-cylinder car, but all <laughs> c- all cylinders are firing. <laughs> it but still moves in the AC works. That's right. It still moves in the AC works. Jesus and- Christ, a woman after my own heart. You can tell who lives in <laughs> South Carolina. I, like I said, we, <laughs> we're flying our colors proudly here. Tell me about it. <laughs> yep, ride smooth. The AC works. That's all. Jesus God, that's all I need. It can have one and a half wheels. It'd be dragging with yep. a little belt strap. There's no passenger seat. You just kind of cob a squat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Oh, don't act so high and mighty. Yeah, I'm not. But it's, are, are we gonna? Are we gonna do the? Did it? Did it do the promise or did it fulfill the promise? Well, have you got somewhere else to be? <laughs> No, I mean, no, no, no. I, I, it sounded sounded like you were about to end this, and I was like, "Well, we can't, we can't end it." Like, I'm you know. in such a hurry to end. I got to get away from you. No, um, yeah, we'll start back around. Actually, oh. we're gonna start with you, Paul. The box- <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Apparently, the box art okay gave us a promise. Yeah, did this movie deliver on that promise? Uh, strictly on the box art, no, because the box art was so really cool. Uh, but uh, when I look at the box art, I I keep thinking of, oh, this is this is going to be the the army versus these big kaiju like robots, and I was like ready for that. And instead, we get the the typical uh, asylum thing, which is a small group of people fighting, you know, massive CGI stuff. And so forth. So, in that aspect, it did not deliver based on that, but it still, the film still delivered a pretty decent film, which I liked, you know. So, uh, but based on the art, but yeah, yeah, ultimately, did it meet its promise? No, the because the box art to me promised me I was going to have this epic, like, you know, battle, battle LA. No, that's wrong. Um, 
I like that. That was, okay. was in a bad okay, movie. So then, yeah. then that's good. Then, uh, so <laughs> uh, not, not long as you're honest. That's yeah. all I want. Or not me. Yeah, yeah. We have a no go. What about you, Mark? Uh, the box art got me to watch it after watching the first one. <laughs> if it says anything, and then once I watched it, I was glad I did. Um, does what happened in on the box? come to fruition not really no we do have cars <laughs> and there are robots and there are buildings and explosions so all those elements are in this film that are on the cover <laughs> not necessarily happening all at once but that's okay they never uh, said for, it would never said it would and for me it yes it it delivered solely for the fact of you have the robot that's on the cover that robot's in this film which out of the cover art as people, if they've listened all the way through, it is the most honest cover art out of the four films that we've watched because it showed one robot, which we got and it looked like the robot on the, you know, on the cover. So yes, for me, it did deliver, uh, but the the bar was on the ground, <laughs> so you know expectations. <laughs> that's where they were, and it it exceeded those. Well, so. I mean, what about you, Angelique? Did it kind of give you what what it told you it was going to give you? Did it deliver? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, at this point, as far as asylum covers go, promises are made to be broken, right? <laughs> and yes, but. Like Mark said, this is actually the the most honest cover we've been given. Yeah, we got to see the giant robot. We maybe didn't get to see it squishing a tank with its hand, but he squished a man with his foot. So I'll take it. (laughs) This cover promised fun. More so than any of the other covers. I'm looking at you, AVH. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, in in, in my, my... Little heart of hearts, yes, this this fulfilled the promise to me. See, for me, yeah, it did, and no, it didn't. Because I'm seeing a robot squishing a tank and smashing some skyscrapers and some explosions in the background, and yeah. Now, the robot was in there, but I didn't see him squish a tank. I didn't see a tank, and I didn't see any skyscrapers, and I didn't see any buildings crumbling down. I did see some explosions. Like I said, it's kind of like a... What do they call that point counterpoint argument? It's like for everything. Well, we're getting into technicality. Yeah, for everything they show me on the cover, and there's something that wasn't in the flick, but yet there was. So, I mean, am I disappointed? No, no. I got everything I want. I went. Where the hell would I go? We have a restaurant here called Cookout, which is like God came down and blessed us with this restaurant <laughs> with like forty Amen. flavors of milkshake that they cook in a. Goddamn blender. They'll take you want a blueberry milkshake, blueberry pie milkshake. They put a scoop of vanilla ice cream and a piece of blueberry pie. They put it in the blender and and give it to you. But you can also order cheeseburgers and corn dogs and corn pups. My God, that sounds beautiful. It is chicken sandwiches. The watermelon milkshake is amazing. (laughs) Anyway, it's like it's cookout. So much. Oh yeah, my God. whatever it was that distracted me from that. I'm so, okay. I went to cookout and ordered a cheeseburger and some corn pups and stuff like that. And you know what? That's what I got. I knew what I was getting into when I walked in there, 
And that's what this movie gave me. Now, maybe the packaging was a little bit different <laughs> there to entice other buyers, people who weren't regular customers. But as a regular customer, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now. Well, to equate yeah? it, I mean, it's like, you know, somebody's put their profile on Plenty of Fish and they're using a, a picture from three years ago. Very true. <laughs> you show up for dinner. They look different, but you have a good time. That's it. Welcome to the asylum. <laughs> so I got to do that. What's your final thoughts? Like, oh yeah, I ain't in a hurry, but we have been, we've been through it. We're now veterans. Just like a comic book flick, we're all kicking ass by ourselves. And then we have a greater threat. We have to come together. And we have some infighting. There's some perils and pitfalls. and We got the nice little climactic battle. And now we're stronger for it, I hope, at least. I got to get a palate cleanser after these, I tell you. But Angelique, what's your thoughts on the Mockbuster thing? The Asylum, the Mockbusters. How do you feel after having watched these four flicks? <laughs> Wrap it up into something for us. Well, I've got a little bit of thousand yard stare. <laughs> um, I need to have a discussion with Mr. William Cat and put him back upon the the path of the righteous. <laughs> we call that a come to Jesus minute. You know, we we have a come to Jesus. Right, moment. right. Yeah, we need to have a come to Jesus with William Cat. Um, I had a good time. I mean, I can't. I really can't put on airs because my my movie shelf over here is full of full moon and asylum and i mean i dig myself all the way to the bottom of the walmart bin when i'm there <laughs> just to see if there's something i can find so this is my where i live in the tiny trailer park of the hollywood machine so <laughs> beautiful <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that this is where i live and as much as I'll bitch and complain about the stuff we watch, I'm going to watch them again. You know this. <laughs> so <laughs> I just like getting together with folks that, that, that watch them too. Beautifully stated. Paul, how do you feel after that? I mean, like you're the, you're the one that you had this, this is your career. This is your lifeblood. You have risked <laughs> everything. To be associated with me on a show devoted to this. <laughs> I'm curious to know how, how, wrap this all up for us. How was your experience with these? Um, <clears throat> my overall opinion of the Asylum distribution company <laughs> has not changed. Um, but I do thank you for the opportunity to, uh, I have I have these like preconceived notions about the asylum and I don't give their films very much credit. And so the only way that I can appreciate a film like the ones that we got to watch is by like sitting down and discussing them with other people uh and and have really good like discussion about the film, you know, just we 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 joking, you know, we joke about lots of different scenes but we still did cover a lot of uh, things that were I thought were important that we critiqued the films in in a, a solid way. And I just don't think I would have been able to do that. Like if I did this strictly on on my own type of critique review show, 
I simply would downgrade these films uh, just because it was like, well, my enjoyment level wasn't that great when I, when I watched it. And, but by doing a show like this, where we have an opportunity to have other people inputting things in and kind of uh, showing me that, Oh yeah, maybe this was, this was intentionally stupid or funny. I can, I can better appreciate the film. So uh, thank you for having the show. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, again, my, my opinions of asylum haven't really changed, but my, uh, my preconceived notions, I think are, are a little bit better. I, I'm going to treat asylum better going forward. I think because of this mockbuster sh- um, podcast. Well, that's stunning. Holy shit. Mark. Go ahead and tear it all back down again. <laughs> no, I know you like me sitting here jumping in the bit. Ooh, ooh, me, me, me. I know because it's the asylum. Mark, wrap all this up because we have nothing. I I have nothing to lose. You know, we we have to get Paul with it because he's serious demeanor. And you are welcome anytime you want to reach back down to the bottom, Paul. You are welcome to hear climb into the bottom of the Walmart bin. You'll find me. If not me, you'll, I'm sure you'll find Angelique. And uh, you never know. You might find an Ernest Goes to Camp Blu-ray because I have done that. Anyway, Mark the Movie Man. I mean, all pretense aside, what well, do you think about the Mockbuster you know, Summer, the Asylum Flicks, man? Four films. What do you think? Oh, this was my first experience with Asylum. I've never watched any of these films before. And, um, I will say that I find them fascinating about our culture and the socio-economical state. No, fuck that. No, it's Asylum. Yes! I secretly have been watching this shit for, not secretly, openly. I've brazenly. watched this shit for years. And, and brazenly so. And... The thing is with Asylum, as I've mentioned, I've mentioned it to many people before. I'm like, it's hit or miss with Asylum, but it's the hits that keep me pushing through the misses in Asylum. You have your Transmorphers Fall of Man, and then you have Transmorphers. If there was ever an example of the spectrum of types of movies (laughs) that asylum has just take these two films and it bookends the bell curve of good and bad of what you have out of asylum they they come out with stuff like alien versus hunter they get constantly come out with this crap snakes on a train okay uh the best one i thought was hilarious is uh i knew some friends when the hollywood video existed here in town in stevens point and i'd go there and they would sigh because um Two month a month because these blockbusters usually come out a month normally before the big uh-huh. blockbuster film. Uh-huh. Um, that's when Asylum. It, it's it's not a coinky dink at all. They do that on purpose. Anyway, I knew some people. Go figure at the video store. They knew me well. Uh, yeah, and um, they would sigh because someone would call almost every day, at least once a day, and go. Hey, is that one of the worlds that you have? Is that the one that's got Tom Cruise in it by Spielberg? And they would sigh and go, (laughs) no, ma'am, that's the Asylum Pictures one. Because they came out, and that was one of the first, I think that was my first realizations of Asylum. And that was when they were first just starting to really pick up steam, I think, was when they came out with Uh H.G. Wells' War Mm -hmm. of the Worlds. 
at the same time you had Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. And that was the one that kind of clicked me to them. And I didn't even realize I had watched Asylum Pictures before. So I saw that. And then they had the King Kong ripoff one, which was uh, King of the Jungle or something. Or, you know, it was uh, at around that same time. And I got pulled into them. And for every crappy film I watched, I'd run across one that I found highly entertaining. Mega Shark series, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Yes. You know, make you know the Mega Shark series. I love big monster films. These are awful films, but then you get a movie like Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, which I'm just sitting here going, oh my God, that's Tilk from the Stargate series. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> And they get these people, who, these stars, they pull them in. And you can't start out as Kratos. Again, you got to get your star somewhere. <laughs> you're right. Yes, you did start out as Kratos. But what I think is the misconception, and I'm sorry if I go a little yeah, long. Go but ahead. This, this is where I get the misconception with films like this is that I think people who are casual watchers of films like this and, and are just normally get their main f- fill from the mainstream big studio Hollywood, they have, I think, this impression that people don't realize what type of film they're making. And 90% of the time, not all the time, but I think I like to give them at least this credit, 90% of the time, Asylum knows exactly what it's making and they've embraced it and they know they're making a ridiculous film they know they're not making something that is going to win any type of award not even a razzie it doesn't even qualify for a (laughs) razzie um you know and i think people miss that and i think if you go into a film thinking that these people are really trying to take themselves seriously i think that's not fair to the film because there's films that are made for, and, and I've said the big Hollywood films, and, and now we're even getting it. I just came back from, allow, allow me a little tangent. Gee, Mark went on a tangent. Oh, my God. Uh, that never happens. Um, I just came back from seeing The Dead Don't Die. Okay, Bill Murray, Adam Driver, huge cast, right? I saw that film last night. There was me and two other people Jeez. in there. This film is getting panned, Okay. But I can't understand. It blows my mind away, and I loved it. But as I mentioned in my review, this film snuck in the back door to get wide released because I'm watching it going, this is a tried and true indie film that not everyone's going to get. They aren't going to realize that these people are having fun and just making a fun movie. They aren't necessarily making a well solid film though i think it was well directed as well they aren't making a oh my god steven spielberg type quality film but they're making something for fun these are actors who don't get to be in these roles like this having fun and i think people lose that they especially online critics. oh god and 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 i know i people like oh you're good at no i'm not saying all of them out there but a lot of them out there they go into a film and they seem to critique everyone the same. And it is not fair to a film to review every single film the same way. I know they try to stay consistent, but you can't because some films are solely made for entertainment, which means they might be a little bit messy. And then there are films that are made that you could tell are Oscar bait. I love Spielberg. Love him. 
Saving Private Ryan was give me my fucking Oscar, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> it's a great film. Don't get me wrong. Love the film. Solid film. Freaking impacted me emotionally. I love it. But at the same time, he made that and he produced Transformers the last night. He made, you know, some films that weren't exactly great that were just fun he he made ready player one which some people like he was just having fun that spielberg a named guy just having fun making a film he's not necessarily making something that's going to win him any type of awards but he's making entertainment asylum is just like lionsgate Yes, I made the comparison because oh, yeah. it's true. They yeah. have hits and they have misses. People forget Lionsgate would distribute before they released big name films that won God, Oscars. At the, at the same time, they were releasing any shit they could get their hands on. Blair I Witch mean, Two, Book of Shadows. God, they were awful. Right? <laughs> Anything. <laughs> but then there, they had gems. Asylum's the same way. So I'm my message, I guess, my rambling Mark style message of trying to give a simple answer and never happening um, is give Asylum a chance and take every film as it is and not <laughs> don't have any expectations That's it. but don't think that just because you watched two or three films from Asylum that might be horrible that this next one is going to be the same way because you may miss out on what ends up being an entertaining film, not a greatly made film, but an entertaining film. And I think that distinction has gotten lost over the years. Beautiful. Sorry. No, no, Sorry. no. <laughs> but it's just, it, that, that's kind of my standard soapbox with, with some of these films. I see some people ragging on films and I'm like, you didn't get what they were going for in this. You, thought it was something different when it's not you know that's like the dead don't die there are uh, i can understand why it's getting panned because the type of dry humor that it is the type of self-referential stuff they have in there and that is unexpected if you're going in thinking to get a standard zombie comedy uh you're not going to get that but you do get what i found a highly entertaining indie film that somehow got wide released and more power to it, you know. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like, thank God. I've had to learn um, that. With, I'm like you with the. I I have watched these movies. I've I have to give a little preamble to everything I say. Just yeah, I want to make sure not to offend anybody. And in no way am I saying I'm anyone important. It's just I call it shitty movie Sunday because it's the thing that me and my friends started years ago, and that's just what we call it's. It's right now, by this point, it is a term of endearment because mm-hmm. you made a movie. Guess what, Jack? You won. You, I mean, it is damn near impossible to get you know, a movie done. Now, of course, anybody with a cell phone can do it. And I, I completely back you 100% because, you know, don't let anything hold you back. Like, you know, you're not going to make a movie because it's not going to end up being like Spielberg. Well, where the hell you think Spielberg got his start unless he won life's lottery, mm-hmm. which is what he did. Because anybody in Hollywood, that's what they did. I respect the asylum because they're like me. I relate with them. I haven't been given anything. I have had to earn everything that I do. I have to fucking fight for it. And I like the asylum because... Look at them now as to where they started. They grab a little camera and they went and made a film. And by God, it, some films they work, some they don't. 
I honestly have to do it just sort of to help my own, it, help it as a confidence boost, not <laughs> not in an insulting way. It's like, yeah, I need to watch this movie because Jesus Christ, they made that. You know, I, hell, I can make anything. But in that vein, it's like they made that, then why the hell can't I do what I want to do? In case in point, you know, right. snobby Daniel used to listen to certain types of music. 13-year-old Dan, well, they don't sound like Metallica. They suck. You know, and then years later, I might listen to Celtic Frost, and, and I'm still the same way. It's like, I don't really dig the early Celtic Frost. It's just, but it's nowadays, it's just the notes really don't jive with me. I respect what it is, but it just kind of, yeah. And then I would sneer at certain things like maybe the production value wasn't as good musically or whatnot. Well, <laughs> guess what? When I try to do it, my shit ain't good either. It's a learning experience. <laughs> it's helped me to not be quite a snob. It just just enjoy it. Don't be an ass. Just enjoy it. It's a mockbuster film. It's like I told y'all coming in. Don't bitch at me because it wasn't any good. You knew full damn well what this was. You knew what you were getting into. When you press play, by God, you knew what you were doing. Movies called Transmorphers with a cover art like that, box art going in. You knew it. Don't even complain to me. The Asylum, to me, represents a whole lot of things other than just happy nostalgia, but it is also that get-up-and-do-it attitude. Just make a movie and make it fun. <laughs> you say it was like Lionsgate? Believe me. I know. there was a, We used to call it like, oh, great, Lionsgate film. Because <laughs> there was a time where their movies weren't even fun. Like We <clears> would <throat> go, and they would have really cool box art, and we'd take it back, and the movie was just god-freaking-awful. Maybe it got better. I'd have to go and revisit them over time. But they were like, it wasn't even like the lenticular covers. There was a little period in the 90s you could go to the video, like go yep. in a movie, and the movie would have a lenticular cover. I think I remember Jack Frost was one of them, Uncle Sam, mm-hmm. oh, movies like, <laughs> movies like yep, that. Yeah, Uncle Sam and Jack Frost. Those were, you yep. know, those are kind of hit and miss. Lionsgate was missed more than anything. The Asylum, I just remember the hits over time. And it, like I said in the first episode of this thing is I couldn't even tell you certain movies that they were the asylum. I would just be flipping through on a Sunday afternoon and generally it ended up becoming a sci-fi regular, but it was usually mega something versus giant something else. That's kind of when I started <laughs> noticing the asylum. They were doing that whole Roger Corman thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you like Ric Flair said, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. You know, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Who better to learn from than Roger Corman? Who better to model your business after than Full Moon Entertainment? And Asylum did it. Am I happy I watched all these formats? Yes, I am. There is it, Jesus Christ. The older I get, the <laughs> the thinner my filter gets. But. Look, seriously, for anyone sneering at this or whatever, what the hell else do you have better to do, huh? I'm sorry. Am I, am I holding back your life? You know, you got your whole <laughs> aspirations. Am I, am I holding you back, darling? You know, please, the, you're, you're listening. You think you're better than me, You're huh? listening to the bottom. I mean, you probably are, but you know what? You're listening to me, so, you know, take that into account. Yeah, actually, listening to this, you enjoyed these films. Don't even act like, even, even through the worst of them. AVH was fun. You know what makes these films better? Friends, watch them with a friend. Trust me. Sit there and riff on it. Mystery Science Theater, sure, they did it because they were first. That doesn't mean that they're any funnier than you and your friends when y'all get together. Alcohol sometimes helps, sometimes not. It depends. 
This has been fun. I have loved this. Thank all of you for joining it. If you're actually listening to this, Jesus, God, uh, thank you. <laughs> there will be more, maybe. I feel certain that this isn't the first Mockbuster summer. I mean, it is the first, but it won't be the last, that's for sure. Just like a good slash bad slash asylum sequel, there will be more. I mean, who knows? Maybe we even kick it into a horror film or whatever. But I... Ooh, action. Uh, that's it. See, I am the Daniel. And this has been the bottom rack. And it's been a nice little mockbuster summer. But the summer can't last forever. Just like November rain, things just have to keep on moving on. So, Angelique, where will people find you when you're not being dragged into watching movies like this? <laughs> well, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on a variety of podcasts, uh, Astro Radio Z, uh, <clears throat> Podcast of Georgie Castle, uh, Film Jerks. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry for the chuckle. Also... It, just, it sounds kind of the same as this. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> um, you can also find me at the Night Keep. Yay! <laughs> and... Uh, I'll be featured on a couple of audio dramas for the Dream Realms Enterprises Network, uh, Robots, that's Robots with a Z, of the company, and Monsters, Magic, and Mayhem. Beautiful. Paul, where can people find you? Oh, boy. Uh, you can mostly find me on Film Jerks right now, and uh, basically we're the podcast that uh, looks at films like little ladies in a book club. And so uh, you go to our Facebook group site, you can uh, join our, our group, and then you can vote on the films that we'll be talking about. And also, occasionally, we have little fun little games that uh, uh, help kind of uh, get everybody more motivated about a particular movie that we're going to be talking about. So uh, other than that, I'm working on rebranding myself as the Bowtie Critic, so uh, hopefully I shall have a site reserved pretty soon and uh i will relaunch myself as a uh, <laughs> serious critic that's fantastic relaunch and all i saw in my head was Ernest sitting sit uh, there on the goalpost uh, like ready to fire three two one one and a half <laughs> one three quarters zero yeah mark the movie yeah. man i think i just gave it away but where uh. can people find you <laughs> when you're not waxing nostalgic and poetically about the asylum films with me, where could people find you? Well, first I'd like to just say that uh, I don't think you had to do much dragging into getting Angelique to watch these films. Not at so, all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think she she seemed to, uh, which is awesome because I love I love people who like this whole group and others who will at least give films like this she a is chance. a predator and in her I, natural environment i was she just is, being she kind. is a predator <laughs> she is a predator <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, we meant that I in mean, a, I'm a nice I'm totally affectionate way i know <laughs> we mean that affectionately i know we didn't mean that in, in any odd way whatsoever but um I watch and review a lot of indie stuff. I do mainstream films, which I do now called the Movie Man's Movie Minute-ish, which is uh, a basically minute and a half around that review of wide-release films uh, instead of... And then I devote a full Final Cut episode, which is a video review of independent films, 
both uh, short films and wide uh, and uh, full feature films. Many of them are like Asylum. I've reviewed Asylum on my channel, so I've got a YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can find links to all that on SpecialMarkProductions.com. For all your movie man needs, you can find links to. Uh, the podcast that I run, The Spoiler Room, which uh, these fine folks, I believe I've had almost everybody on at some point um, here. And we we discuss a wide range of films. But what become tradition is every year we pick some kind of monthly episode that's going to be a special episode. And this year we're doing Cronenberg. So we're covering, uh, I call it Welcome to Cronenberg. So we've got those special episodes going on. So yeah, and I'm also doing writing reviews on We Live Entertainment. I, I have spread myself out. I am a review slut. So I am like everywhere. But Movie Man, uh, you can find specialmarkproductions.com for most of the shit. Mark is spreading. Yeah, I mean, it just is spreading. All I am spreading like an STD. <laughs> <laughs> like and- cream cheese on a bagel. Ooh. Like cream cheese on a bagel. And for me, I, well, I mean, I'm Daniel. I do all kinds of shit. I get way too much stuff to even talk about. But I am part of the Night Keep. That's probably a good place to find me. I've been on Film Jerks. I've been on Astro Radio Z. I don't know if you've ever had me on your show, Mark. I can't remember. We did. We did for uh, my uh, VIP Patreon episode. We covered. That's right. Uh, we did Atlantic Rim Job. We did Atlantic Rim Job. Yes. Right. So, yeah, so, we are no strangers was, to the asylum. No. I've done a fair share <laughs> of music. All. Go to nightkeep.com. You'll hear stuff. I got to revamp the site because I've been doing a lot of Dungeon Synth lately with another band called Saragost, which is, I say another band, it's just me. I have like 88 different ideas. So, I'll just, I'll make up a band name faster and I'll make a song. So, I just, I seem to be gifted at that. Otherwise, this has been the bottom rack. I will have some more episodes probably embedded somewhere in the Astro Radio Z archives. I would say embedded in the Astro Radio Z annals, but Derek would probably chuckle and then sneer at me for saying that. Regardless, I am the Daniel. This has been the bottom rack. And uh, hey, just make sure you reach for the bottom. If you want to climb to the top, sometimes you got to reach for the bottom. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll holler at y'all later. Mark's here. Where's Mark? Oh shit! Here's Mark. Oh, I was, I was thinking of you last night, Daniel. Oh, Lord, not, not when I was sleeping. Oh, okay. no, that was maybe not, next not time. at that time. Damn. N- well, that too, but. I've always been tempted to go to like a stripper thing instead of making it rain to like shower them with coins. It's like make it hail. Oh, a strip club. Oh, look! I just jumped into this conversation. I knew exactly what you're talking. About. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he starts to <laughs> squirt and urine. Everyone's like, <laughs> 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 So, has everybody got their coffee? Do what it is. I've had about five cups. Yeah. I can taste sound. <laughs> sure, he's a one-man killing machine. What did he do in the army? Well, he was a specialist. What was his specialty? Chucking bullets at people until they were dead. That was Rambo's specialty, you know. Heroes, man. What did Van Damme do? Spin kick the shit out of anybody. It didn't matter what time period. Name a time period, and he'll kick him in the face. That's what he does. Do you have uh, John Carpenter's Lost Themes yeah, one well, and two? Spotify. I, I got them on my playlist. Yeah, those. Oh, okay. Because I bought the vinyls <laughs> for them, and uh... try Beyond the Door. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
did it mean it like that? Well, I know. No, 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 the movie. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I know. No, he just like, yeah, 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 Oh, you like good vinyl? Try beyond the door. No, no, like go beyond the I door. Got really cool, this pretentious I got a cool little trick for you, Mark. <laughs> Click on the mumble thing. Now press Alt F4. Four. it. <laughs> it all comes down to this. It's over deep six. It's over pal. Pick and turn us with the step ladder to borrow the quote from Mr. Wall himself. It's over pal. El Nacho Grande. It did deliver, uh, but the the bar was on the ground, so <laughs> you know expectations. That's where they were, and it it exceeded those. Well, you better get the hopping then, huh, darling? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. <laughs> Sorry. Would this box art make you watch the film? Absolutely. This is the best box art we've seen. I mean, they know how to get a girl in there. Like, hey, here's some fire and people are shooting, somebody's squishing a tank. All right, let's do this. What does this action hero do? He was the drone specialist. <laughs> it is why I watch these films. This out of the four, this was a nice bookend um, because I was starting to get a little worried. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> See, I'm like that. Dude. I I completely agree. Like with everything y'all have said, this is this was this was what I was hoping for. <laughs> this was what I was like a few months ago. I think I I do a cross podcast thing. We do box buster movies. It'd be fun. This was what I was hoping they would all be. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, we have, man, we have been through the mire. Remember, to climb to the top, sometimes you must reach for the bottom. It's over, pal. El Nacho Grande. Pop it in and done.